I'm ready whenever y'all are. Mm -hmm. I should be ready, man. Everybody ready? Glad it is ready. I'm ready, man. respect this is chef and as always when listening to our podcast be sure to give us a comment a like a love a shout out uh tell your friends tell your friends this good podcast uh this is episode 116 gentlemen what with the white voice what up five thousand Northside, florida it's your boy j joe yo t fate haven't got no rhythm is that the For first sure. non-rap lyric that we got huh was that the first non-rap lyric that we got uh, it might be i think it is uh, shout out to George Michael somehow on a, on this very black podcast. And amen. Black George love. Michael is blackish. Right. Black people love him. Yeah, first time I've heard you give a white person a shout out, though, so that's progress. Right. God damn. It, it was like a, yeah, man, it's a new day, man. Um, he was about to get mad, too. Like, that wasn't really a shout out. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know me so well. <laughs> yeah, I was about to do that. You're right. And then I held back because change and, and growth. Yeah, you, you dig? So, uh, we we got, uh, so last week we didn't have the podcast because of the election. I was on edge. I don't know about y'all, but my, my nerves was bad. So, um, uh, everybody was straight. Else, I was nervous. Do we, do we want to talk about, hey, how you doing before we get into a complete topic on politics and elections? We just. Absolutely. I mean, I, I mean I'm good. I'm good with skipping how you doing. Dropping, hey, how you doing? Y'all oh. niggas hate that. I would love. I would love to know how. Hey, no, 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 oh, fuck no, it, right? No, 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 no. Don't let me. Don't let me like no, encourage no, you. No, no. How are you? Oh man, I'm straight. I always want to. How y'all doing? Good. How are you? I'm good, man. Like, don't nothing change. Y'all know this. Like, this isn't the part of the show that I like, but it just seemed awkward that we skipped over. We went straight to the first topic, man. We usually have a little bit of like, hey, how you doing, man? I get it. No, I feel you. Everything is so everything's normal. Nothing, nothing new or exciting happened. No man, everything is great, man. No, COVID is still here. Just by the way, just before we start, COVID is still here. I know COVID people have motherfuckers. People have forgotten for some reason, but COVID is still here. I ain't gonna lie. Before I ask how everybody else, I did think I had it yesterday. I hella thought I had it yesterday. Like I was feeling like like real off and shit. Like and then like it's been raining because like a, a hurricane's kind of like like grazing this nipple on, on Florida or whatever so you know you get the residual rain so it was raining all day and I had to run into Publix to get, get a chicken so I ran to Publix to get a chicken I didn't bring my umbrella came back out got in the car um, turned the heat on but I still felt chilly I had the chills and then when I got home I felt like like tingly everywhere and I had the chills and I just felt weak and I was like I was like Ron is that you bitch you about to, you about to take over my body bitch like so but did you I, go inside Publix already thinking you had symptoms, or you only thought you had symptoms once you got back in the car? It's when I got back in the car when I felt the chills. Oh, so um, I was just asking if you was like in the deli with niggas, knowing you kind of felt bad. 
And, and that's the that's the part that be fucking shit up. They like if you got symptoms, but everybody just like, oh, I made symptomatic. Like nobody that ain't had symptoms, let them tell it. No, I, if I had my mask on, either way, I mean I always stay masked up and 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 you know I disinfect and have my like, little Purell in the car. But at any rate, I felt terrible and I I got quiet and kind of like to myself. And then I woke up the next this morning and felt great. So you know. I did take some, have an edible though. I think. I was about to say, were you have a withdrawal? Is that what it was? It sounds like withdrawal, but no. <laughs> no, it sounds a lot like withdrawal. That's the first thing I thought of. I've been through withdrawal. It's not sweet. I, so you was, admit you've been on cocaine? No, these were. Um, I used to. I used to. I used to have a lot of. I used to fuck with opiates. Okay, uh, now we're getting somewhere. Finally, we're cracking opiates. Wait, wait, wait. Like, like, like what? What are we talking about? Do we need to go straight to the Oregon topic? Not heroin. Okay, all right. Like, like, like hang <laughs> the first thing that comes to mind is heroin, nigga. So you need to be very clear when you start talking about. I used yeah. to fuck with anything yeah, that begins with. Oh, I got in the class and I was with pills. You don't need it just open ended. It was it was pills. Um, I had like um, what do they call it? Shit? I had like really bad kidney stones, and so they, the doctor gave me pain pills, and then I was just like, but the pain like never really went away. So he's like, oh, just, <laughs> just have a whole bunch of because it's Florida. So he's like, have. Oh, you're a fucking drug addict, nigga. When you said, the, but the pain never went away. Oh, you're a fucking addict, nigga. It makes your skin itch, and then it makes you like um, your skin rash up a bit. And then you, if you when you stop, you go through terrible withdrawal. Hey, man, the opioid epidemic is real, y'all. Like, yeah, but I overcame it unlike these crackers. It feels like it feels like the pain never goes away. Yeah, that, that's 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 the that's the scam, but um. <laughs> the pain definitely goes away. Hold on, I'm let, see this when they get there though. They say that's that's the scam. Uh, but that shit definitely like actually goes away. And but you be like thinking I'm I'm hurting, baby. Like I this shit still hurt. My baby toe hurt, and, and the shit was really a kidney. But you know, my anyway. baby toe hurt. Can I get some black tar? Like exactly. it's a it's a cold world, nigga. But you heard Purdue Pharmaceuticals. Definitely did a huge settlement because all the niggas was on oxy. But it really wasn't that huge, though. When you think about how many people have died and like the amount of money that the American healthcare system has paid for the opioid epidemic, they paid what, like seven or eight billion, nine billion, something like that. That's nothing. That's nothing. It's but this is the thing that's gonna kill white people. Like I remember when Dave Chappelle, when Dave Chappelle brought it up, we can talk about it later. But he brought it up in his little monologue. Nobody wanted to say nothing. But I was like, this nigga's like for real. Like, like this is what's gonna. This is what's taking like not taking white folks out. Like, and no one wants to talk about it. Opioids. Yeah, yeah. like the opioids. Oh no, everybody's talking about that's it. That's so why there's so much reform and so much concern, and that's why everybody is pissed off because there's like when black people. You know what I'm saying? You dropped off crack in the fucking neighborhoods, then nobody gave a fuck. And we did the war on drugs and locked their ass up. Now all the white people are on opioids and everybody need help. It's an epidemic. And shit. <laughs> they can't shake that shit like a real nigga like me. But, you know, it is what it is. Now you conquer heroin. Now you shoot black tar heroin. Now you a fucking superhero. I mean, but the coke and heroin, that's, you're a bad boy because right. shaking one is one thing, but shaking two. Right. You like the Barry Sanders of drugs. I try. <laughs> That's why I know I can't really fuck with cocaine. Like, I feel like that shit's like the next level. Sidebar, though. Like, this ain't no wordplay on you. But Barry Sanders used to get hopped down from behind them a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and I fuck with Barry Sanders. That's my favorite running back of all time. Go look up Barry Sanders' highlights <clears throat> and watch how many of them end in him getting hopped down from behind. 
Barry had short, short area quickness and not long speed. Ninety. 90, 99 in agility, 99 in acceleration. But he going to top out at 90, so a nigga with 96, come get him. Like uh, how DK Metcalf ran down, oh boy, that's how Barry Sanders should be in there. Yeah. But, he, I mean, he's also, like, juked and ran 30 fucking yards side to side before he even take off. So right. it's probably more a stamina issue more than speed. Yeah. That nigga done ran 50 yards on a 10-yard game. That nigga was never really into north and south. He can't be. I'm about to say, he couldn't be. No, he was little. Like, he he was wasn't little doing stuff. that shit in a while. He was doing that shit out of necessity. Right, that <laughs> offensive line was trash. That shit was basura, boy. They, even, they only had, uh, what's heavy? Lomas Brown. Yes. But that. was Lomas Brown sweet? No, he didn't look like <laughs> He was like a pro bowler and shit. He was? Like, yeah. I used to hate when they talked to Lomas Brown. He ever he never seemed fully engaged. Like a tongue too heavy, man. Yeah, that's what it was. Maybe he got one of Shannon Shark. Nigga got a nigga tongue too big like Shannon. Nigga can't talk. Yeah, no, but Shannon try to be eloquent. Lomas would be like, oh, we, we we did a good job today. <laughs> All right, Lomas. He from like Backwoods, Florida, I think. So I'll let line up. He's probably like from yeah. I need to look up where Lomas Brown is from now. Um but yeah, but how 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 are you doing, five thousand? What's been going on with you? I'm doing great. It's awesome. <laughs> Back to you in the studio. <laughs> oh, Thank you. Back oh. to you in the studio. All right. How are you doing, J Joe? Hey, man. I'm back home. How about that? It took a little while, but I got back. Uh, I did kick it with five. Oh, well, I don't know if I should tell that nigga's business since he just said it was an old pit- picture. Never mind. Uh, so, I had a flight to catch on Friday, and I uh, kicked it with some friends on Thursday night. And um, it was a five, o- five o'clock flight. Is that what it was? Yeah, like a five o'clock flight. Um, but got faded. Woke up at four thirty. Had to call a Uber. No, my flight was at five thirty-three. Had to call a Uber. Uber was two minutes away. Got in the Uber. Got to the goddamn airport. Record speed. Nigga made up time on the fucking interstate. Got there at fucking four fifty-eight. Motherfucker said I could get on the flight, but I I couldn't get on with a check bag, and I was still kind of drunk. And I was like, man, fuck this luggage, man. I'm just going to get on this flight. But then, like, sanity kicked in. And, like, since, I was like, nah, I'll just take the next flight. But, um, shit all got fucked up. So, anyway, I ended up getting on, on another flight. Uh, it went to Nashville. Kicked it with my homeboy, who I said his pops passed on the last episode, man. We had a good time. Um, I see my sister and my mama. That was good. Blew back on the buddy pass and, you know, because my aunt used to for an airline i'm not gonna say but um i got to charlotte uh got pushed back and it was the last flight and then they were just like oh yeah this flight ain't happening no goddamn mall so sorry about it and then i had to fucking fall asleep in the fucking uh airport which wasn't sweet at all because <laughs> they were giving out like fucking hotel vouchers for niggas right because they just canceled the flight so everybody's in line getting their little vouchers, and then I come up and be like, "Yeah, I was I was supposed to be on this flight." It's like, "Yeah, you were on a like friends and family pass." Like, "Yeah, I can put the next flight in the morning, but I ain't got no hotel for you." And it was like a, a black dude, right? And I was like, oh, "Maybe this nigga's a, I was like, "Maybe this nigga's a kappa that can do like a secret kappa thing." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been distressed. Hey, no. 
That shit did not work. That nigga was not a sweet baby dude. So then I, so then I tried to lean on the blackness, like man, like my brother, sister. It was black head, black woman, and black man. And I'm like, you can't do that place. So I'm like, man. At this point, it's about eleven o'clock. I'm like, maybe I can just fuck. It. I mean, if I go to the hotel, I'm not gonna be able to sleep good anyway. I'm gonna wake up every two hours, you know, just cause scared I'm like, right. I just like, nigga, fuck, I'm just gonna stay up as long as I can. And then my body gave out and I went to sleep. But it was like 20 degrees in that fucking airport, man. So, so we did all. That was fucking terrible. Pro yeah. pro tip, uh, I ran into a similar issue one time with having like an oversized bag. <clears throat> but you know, 90 per, shit, probably 95 plus percent of the time these days, um, they'll check your. They offer to check your bag at the gate. So I just took my big ass bag through security and all that. Like a couple of people looked at me stupid, but they put that shit through the fucking x-ray and all that. And then when I got down to the gate, I was just like, hey, I got here late and I need to check this. And they checked it. So uh, <clears throat> that's an option. And also to your point, I had a similar situation occur some years back. That voucher shit seems sweet. Everybody get the voucher. Then it'd be like one shuttle bus take everybody. And you got to think it'd be a couple hundred people on the plane. So all them same couple hundred people be in front of you in the line to check in at the airport. And by the time you finally get checked in your shit, it's like two or three hours before the flight's supposed to leave. And you, like you say, you try to sleep, but you keep waking up because you're scared about missing your shit again. And then it's time to ride that same fucking shuttle back to the airport. It just be a big mess. Like that hotel very rarely is fucking big. And then, then the fucking thermostat on the plane was at twenty degrees. I'm like, God damn, bitch! Like, nigga, like, just don't cut the air on. Like, I don't need no heat in this bitch. But fuck, just don't cut the air. Uh, anyway, but it was all at the end, end of the day. I be thinking they think that should kill the germs or something. Uh, yeah, that's fucked up though, because niggas don't really be wanting to help niggas like that. That black, the black card don't work like in um, service situations. I I notice like niggas be like, eh. Mm. Some nigga, I, I also I, I don't want a nigga to lose his job for giving me a free hotel voucher, and I didn't, you know what I'm saying? So I don't know, man. I saw on um, Instagram like one of Freddie Gibbs stories. I guess the girl worked at a check cashing place, and she was like, the policy says I can't cash your check, so the nigga shit on her car, and um, like shit, shit, like boo booed on her windshield. That's not nice. <laughs> and I was like, you could just cash the motherfucking check too, by the way. But you know, I mean, I, I could be wrong. How are you doing, Chef? I'm fine. Um, I. My own girl ought to be doing so. Should be talking to our imaginary friends. Right, you one of them bless me thanks type niggas. Hey, did y'all have imaginary <laughs> friends growing up? No. Uh, no. Nah, but I don't hear myself talking to myself either. So there's that. What? what so nobody had an imaginary friend? No. No, I don't get the concept. Like, you had one? I had one, yeah. His name was Fumi, and he was uh, Asian, and we would compete all the time, and I would beat him every time. What would y'all compete in, exactly? Right. Racing, who could kick the ball the farthest, you know, anything. So he was yeah, kicking yeah, a ball right. that didn't exist, and you were, like, just measuring distance that wasn't there? Yeah. I don't get it. Okay, so when did that end? Uh, I don't know what age I had him, but... Uh, so was y'all kicking an imaginary ball, or you was kicking a real ball, and he was kicking an imaginary ball? He was ball kicking his ball, and I was kicking my ball. And he was like, why was he... Why was he? So he wasn't good at everything. Why was he Asian? I want to get into this. Why was <laughs> he too? I don't know. And he had a name, Fumi. 
That's like that's kind of like a Nigerian name a little. Bit. I, was, uh, I was a kid. Kwame <laughs> Fumi. His parents migrated to Asia. Right. right. He's half Nigerian, half <laughs> Japanese. His dad in that. dad in Nigerian. His mama was from thinking, Southeast. So now I'm thinking like, well, Wood, you had a you had a sibling around your age, huh? Nah. Oh, no mind. Yeah, I had a sibling. So my, my my sister four years younger than me, but I had a sibling. Is that around your age? Four or five years? Is that around your age? Does that I count? Because so, that's how we're like we're four now. years. Oh, okay, that's not around my age, but that's in my age bracket. Okay, age. me and my sister are five years apart. So, <clears throat> oh yeah, that's right. I never realized that. Me and my sister are seven years apart, so that wasn't. So you got to bring in Fumi. I get it. Yeah, I'm great though. So anyway, yeah, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I didn't get COVID. I don't think I didn't get tested. Nothing. So soon I don't have it. Um, that um, <laughs> I've been talking to schools about like where I could like put my kid to learn shit. Think I'm gonna live in East Point because nigga shit. Uh, so I'm excited about it. Oh yeah, yeah. I said I was. I got a job. But I'm moving to Atlanta. So. Yeah, all this stuff is just different wherever it's at on the board, nigga. All right, there we go. Yeah, that's where I'm be. We gonna move the family over to Atlanta, where they got them them big ass houses for a dollar fifty. So not no more, nigga. They ain't get. They ain't got no dollar fifty houses in Atlanta no more. You had to get at the bottom of the pyramid. <laughs> I figure I, I'm Hold still gonna on. do. My Speaking of that shit, Charlotte. Fucking, I don't know any fucking body in fucking Charlotte. Like, everybody, Charlotte was supposed to be like the new Atlanta. And I'm looking through my fucking phone like, who the fuck live in Charlotte? And it ain't. The resident the resident therapist lives in Charlotte. Resident therapist. Um, there's a few brothers that live there. Um, Ooh, I have yeah, some I mean, people I, other than, I know. I know people I went to high school with, and I know a resident therapist. So I could call like four people. Personally. Well, you know what? Oh well, yeah. Our, you talking about our resident therapist? Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. it was kind of late. I didn't want to. Um, but that's how it but, is at the bottom like, of the pyramid. Though. Like any other city, I could have went to probably Salt Lake City and knew more niggas in the city than Charlotte. I'm like, damn, where are the Charlotte motherfuckers at? Uh-huh. That, that anyway. Sorry. Goodness. Shout out Charlotte. Charlotte was like was supposed to be the like the new mecca, and the shit didn't. <clears throat> when they used to talk about top five cities for blacks, it used to be Charlotte, Atlanta. You- Houston, D.C. area, I think, was in there. And I can't recall what the fifth one was. Salt Lake City, Utah. I think Charlotte's still a good city for black folks. Charlotte's still an excellent city. It's just, it's at the bottom of the pyramid. Like, But this is when you want to move to Charlotte. You don't want to move to Charlotte when there's 80 niggas that you know that live in Charlotte. You're at the top of the pyramid then. Right. I mean, houses still, like, they houses still don't really tax too much. Because I was looking at Charlotte as a central place to live. Actually, like as far as the companies I was talking to, it's not bad. Like I mean, Charlotte's a great city. It's clean and shit. Fuck. Right, Charlotte gets some high speed. If high speed rail comes to Charlotte, you'll be able to live in Charlotte and get to like DC, New York in like an hour and a half. Um, actually, Charlotte would be the perfect place for high speed rail because you're not that far from Atlanta. You're not that far from DC. Yeah, that'd be. I mean, Charlotte is kind of. I mean, when you get to Charlotte and shit like that, you're kind of in the middle on the mid-Atlantic. So if you get high-speed rail, like, it's nothing to live in Charlotte and work anywhere along the eastern seaboard. And Charlotte is a hub city. Yep. Like airport, so yep, yep. you could get, get to places pretty quick. That and they got good barbecue in that bitch. They do I, with Charlotte. I, um, I 
through my work travels, I've had a couple of stints in Charlotte. I've been, I worked in Charlotte five times, I want to say, over the course of my career. <clears throat> in a couple of different areas, the, uh, the Ballantyne area in South Charlotte is real nice. Um, kind of somewhat of an affluent area, but it's like right up against the South Carolina border. And it's, it's really nice. I enjoy it. They always come. I got stuff going on. You know, you got pro football, pro basketball. They got the NASCAR track over in Concord. So it's a cool town. I rock with it. It's like South Zero. It's like the South without all the added sugar. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. They got a good amount of races. I mean, I don't don't mean nothing. I mean, hell, Maryland has a hell of a lot of races. I'd say racism. Racism everywhere. Got a whole lot of racism. (laughs) I like that. Speaking of racism, Election Day last week uh so you get back to it um so uh it looks like based on the results um joe biden won uh the 2020 presidential election uh i know there's been a lot of backlash from the trump camp um, the trump side saying that there's been voter suppression um voter uh improprieties um in the election um is fraudulent uh i think we were kind of expecting this he kind of played his show his hand prior to all this taking place i I guess assuming that he was going to lose um so i guess going through the process of kind of just delegitimizing the the democracy uh through um court action and and a lot of other fuck shit so i think we all expect this but um in general how do you all feel about the results um as we know it um i don't think you can be anything but happy if you're a uh chef fix your camera we're looking at your dick again (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so i mean i don't think you could be anything but happy if you're not you know what i'm saying if you're not a republican or you're not a center if you're not a moderate republican and left i don't think there's anything you can do but be happy i mean just not, not even from a liberal progressive standpoint but just getting the country back to being legitimate right like this shit is just so far off the tracks it's been off the tracks for four years it's we've literally been in a reality show for four years and it's like democrats and republicans before trump yeah i don't fuck with you and i don't fuck with your policies but at least you're a grown-up that shit went off the rails for four years and i think everybody is happy and i think that's that's reflected in the votes on getting back to having grown-ups in the room and let's actually go about the business of the country as far as if i'm happy or not i mean i think that's going to depend on how georgians get out and vote from a senate standpoint a lot of the things that we want to happen from a uh, chef, dude. What are you doing? Uh, man, oh, wow. Something. Did 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 opiates did opioids kick in? Like what happened? I'm back. Relax. Oh, no, you no, you relax, dude. Right. <laughs> um. So yeah. yeah I was reading something. Right. This nigga was like three millimeters from the screen. <laughs> fucked up my train of thought. But uh, yeah. So the Senate. Yeah. So it's going to depend on how we do in the Senate, man. The Senate is going to kind of dictate a lot of the power that joe bill joe joe but joe biden's gonna have uh from a presidential standpoint if we don't have the senate i mean he's going to be limited he's going to do a lot of stuff by uh executive order and stuff like that and i don't think joe is that ballsy to do that many executive orders so it might just be four years of of gridlock and that's kind of what mitch mcconnell wants man but i mean still anything that doesn't involve donald trump is that's a win Maybe not, maybe not a big win, but it's still a win. I agree. Um, 
you know, still work to be done. Want to try to win these two seats in Georgia, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know what I mean? We got Trump out uh, with his very vocal, biased, uninformed, dangerous opinions. So I think that was the main thing um, to be concerned with. And the rest of that shit can be sorted out later because none of these other people really have that platform. Mitch McConnell, maybe, but he don't. He don't have that same like fire and boom to his shit that like what Trump had. So, um, and he he just kind of does the aloof, hands off, dirty work. Like, oh, this is fucked up. My bad, I didn't know. Like, he kind of plays that role. He ain't gonna never get in front of everybody and be like, hey, stand back and stand by and all that bullshit. So, it's a win to have Trump out the way. Um, yeah. So the one bad thing about it is um, that. I like to see uh, my racism like up front. So now, like you see motherfuckers with Trump hats and like Trump flags and all this shit on on their trucks and shit, and you be like, okay, yeah. So I see where you niggas stand when it comes to us. But now that the election's over and niggas are taking their signs away and niggas are putting away their red hats, it's kind of like, oh, goddamn, I gotta weed through the good and bad white folk to see which is which now. So. I mean, it's a small price to pay, but I, I like I said, that's why I like the South because I know when I talk to a motherfucker if they racist or not, like with the first couple words. Um, but you know, one time for everybody went out and voted. Uh, shout out to all the all the blacks that came out. Uh, it's funny because every city thought it, theirs was the one to push it over. So you have Atlanta. Uh, Everybody was like, oh, nigga, yeah, nigga, let him put that shit on. Hey, man, I fuck with everybody without a vote. I don't. I don't. I don't. Y'all, so all y'all play all your uh, dreams and nightmares and all your fucking outcasts and all your fucking Detroit jet music, whatever the fuck y'all be out there, techno house music y'all be dancing to, man. Big Sean, so. that that was cool, man. But again, when you see like how many motherfuckers still voted for Trump, you, you really see still see where uh, where where people p- people in America really how they really feel about shit. So half the people still voted for Trump, right? <laughs> White folks still yes. went ham. Yeah, but I mean, I, to me, that's not surprising, right? No. I mean, just let me ask you this: What situation would you vote for a Republican? I voted for Republicans. What Republican have you voted for, Chef? What Republican have you voted for? I voted for Rick Scott the second time. What? So Rick Scott was racist and so just so you guys know, we're looking for a new A mic for the With All Due Respect podcast. Chef is taking a leave of absence, indefinite. (laughs) It will no No, longer be running the show. We are looking for somebody to come in and replace Chef while he gets over his addiction. I did. Like the thing is, I'm not. I'm. I'm a I'm a Democrat when I need to be, but I'm, I don't necessarily vote for all Democrats. Who was he going against? It? Charlie Chris? I don't Maybe. give a fuck. No. You that voted that, for that Rick fucking Scott? Half a bill from fucking Medicare or whatever? You didn't even read stole, the brochure. Stole. That shit is more than a fucking accounting error. Stole that shit, and he fucking looked like Skeletor, and he just like a less vocal racist than fucking Trump. Right. Matter of fact, what year were you on heroin, Chef? Yeah, right. This had to be one of them years. Like, what the fuck? This had to be the heroin years. And no, that's, a, and that's it, was, it make it crazier coming from you who don't even fuck with Reggie White people, period. So, fucking Rick Scott, dog? Oh, man. Yeah, I did. 
I'm like, and it was, and it was. I mean, it was because of the of the businesses that come came in. More businesses came into the, into the state. Um, economically, the state was doing better. Yeah, man. I'll, uh, I just didn't really believe. That. I don't like can. telling my business, but I'll put it like this: It's some. So so wait wait wait. I can't, I can't, so, no no so no 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 no. Let let let's pull that string. I'm trying to say this shit in such a way not to tell my own business because people listen to the shit who I don't be wanting in my business. But some I'll say this: within the past four years under this administration, some positive things have happened for me personally. However, I don't give a fuck. I cannot vote for Trump because of all the other people who have suffered and lost or whatever. Like one of my homeboys said. He'll be fine, whoever the president. I probably would have been too. But if it costs me a little bit more in taxes or, you know, I might lose somewhere else so another family or families can gain and just get on the fucking board, I'm going to do that. I ain't going to be like, well, my stock portfolio is up and this and that, so I'm going to vote for Trump. Like, not saying that that was your thought process with Rick Scott, but no, it wasn't it, alluded to. No, I didn't. <clears throat> Not you said it's something about the economy. Yeah, it wasn't. I, it wasn't about me personally. It was about like more jobs coming into the state. So how can you say it wasn't like a selfish? So pull that string. So pull. So so pull that string. I was going to be created with the five hundred million dollars he stole. But that's but that's what we're talking about, right? So you the 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 point was half of the country still voted for for Trump, right? Half mm-hmm. of the country. You voted for Rick Scott, and Rick Scott particularly doesn't like you directly, right? He doesn't I, fuck I with he doesn't fuck with you directly, us. but you voted for him because he was going to bring prosperity to the state of Florida. So yeah. imagine people who are faced with voting for Trump, and he doesn't like people, and it's not them directly. It's some other people. It's black people, and they're white. But he's going to bring prosperity to them, as far as he knows. He's a Republican. Why would they not vote for him? Like that's using your calculus. Using your calculus. It was nothing they did necessarily to bring prosperity to the state to the country. Like it was, people were voting for him primarily because they don't like black people. No, I, I don't. I, no, that's not that's not why that was. Some people, some people, one are going to vote for Republicans because they're Republicans. I'm a Republican. Yeah. I vote for the Republican. That's the overwhelming majority. Black people too. Black people aren't going to vote for Republicans nine times out of ten, right? Secondly, you have people who's like, I don't give a fuck about black people. Not that I'm racist. I just don't care about black people. I care about yeah. me and I care about my family. So I'm going to vote to where my dollars are concerned, right? Yeah. I'm a working class factory worker and Republicans are about us. They're going to vote for them. And third people are just greedy people who just want to rock with the stock market and Republicans are going to help them there. It's not all about racism. You know what I'm saying? It's it's simply not. And every time we fucking we rubber stamp the shit, we say Everybody over here is racist and everybody over here is not racist. It's not as simple as that. The Democrats got to work on their fucking message. I agree with you on that for sure. Like, I think and it kind of goes along with the reason I I didn't like Charlie Chris is like there's not enough backbone. And there's then then also like I listen to MSNBC all the time. I just prefer it. But the thing is, I agree with you. MSNBC comes off kind of like like dickheads a little bit, (laughs) but they're pure Democratic. Like they're very progressive in terms of their thoughts and the thing is that can come off condescending to the everyday person i i agree with that 
110 percent the democratic party needs to rebrand and i think what like people like stacy abrams did in georgia was make it more human and more down to earth and grassroots which was supposed to be like the 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 perception that the democratic party is supposed to have and that's probably why georgia went blue but i think there's a lot of work to be done in the rest of the country kind of going along that line all right so can we talk about now can we talk about the other part of how black women became superheroes during the election i think we we can do that. I want to just interject real quick again on this party discussion. I'm all for doing whatever's for the greater good. Like a couple of years ago, we had a race here in Florida, which actually um, the issue that is prompted ended up on the ballots this year, where you could only vote in the primary if you were a part of that uh, primary races. Uh, yep party or what have you yeah so angela corey um state attorney here in jacksonville uh she had to fucking go so i did change my registration to a republican one year to vote against her and that shit worked you know what i'm saying it was like a, a concerted effort amongst several black people in the community but um i mean i'm a registered democrat just because of the toxicity that goes along with the republican name but yeah if it's somebody that leans more towards something that's better for the collective then yeah i don't just you know necessarily vote a straight ticket i 99 percent sure i did that this time but i don't always just kind of depends on the situation but the rick scotts and donald trump's of the world i don't give a fuck what they got going on i can't i can't do that shit yeah so like you was about to say something oh me i'm talking about how black women saved the election at least that's what the, okay. the brochure said okay so, so you, what do you what do you think <laughs> I'm not. I'm staying. I'm staying out of this motherfucker. No, I. I have no problem. I have no problem burning this fucking this whole fucking city down. So I got a couple of issues, right? One, I take issue with, and I'm not gonna say I take issue with black women. I just take issue with the fucking narrative, right? It seemed like before the results were even like finalized, right? There were two fucking narratives that I saw. One, black women swooped in and single handedly saved the fucking election, and I'm not saying black women didn't come out. But black women were like definitely put like dubs on that shit and made it seem like they put the election on their fucking back. Black men did not vote. Nobody else voted. And black women single handedly put Joe Biden in their their hands, their soft, their soft, strong hands and ushered him right up to the fucking platform. And I'm like, damn, like nobody else fucking voted like the other fucking means of people nobody else voted and i saw a lot of people and i don't and i don't care about that part i'm just being an asshole black women good shit for coming out but the part that i did take umbrage with was a lot of people before the fucking numbers was coming out were asking a lot of questions like well how many black men voted like if you're not a black man who the fuck cares like why are you looking for an opportunity to like stick your finger in black men's eyes. We do this shit every, we do this shit three times a week, right? Black men ain't shit, right? We don't have to go and dig up other fucking reasons throughout the week to come up with why black men aren't shit. Black men came out and voted. Okay? We did. Black men fucking voted. Now just because a certain percentage decided to go with Trump, okay, you may not like that. Yeah, a hundred percent of us didn't vote for Joe Biden. But that doesn't mean that black men ain't shit. And I know y'all can't wait to find a reason that black men aren't shit. But just be happy that we won this fucking shit. You don't have to compare. Oh, well, only 18% of black women did. But what's up with this 33% of black men? Those aren't real numbers. Like, that's horse shit. And fuck all this whole election aside. At some point in time, 
in this whole life life shit, this generational shit that we're going through, we gotta stop looking for reasons every fucking morning to poo-poo on black men. Like I I consider myself relatively legit. I do right by my family, I do right by my job, I go to work fucking every day, I work fucking hard. I'm a God-fearing man, and every day I wake up to some shit with a black woman talking some shit about why black men aren't shit. And I know this may not be, you may not say all black men aren't shit. That's fine. But mathematically, if you're talking about your individual situation while black men aren't shit, and another woman comes in the next day and talks about her individual experience while black men aren't shit, and we get a hundred women do that every fucking morning throughout an entire fucking year, we all see that. How do you think that makes black men feel? We're on your side. We're on the same fuck. We're on the same fucking team. Like every time there's a fucking topic, fucking Baskin Robbins comes out with a new fucking flavor. Oh, what a black man think about that? Like, God damn. Like, give us a fucking break. We're on your side. We're on the same fucking team. And you can't fucking do this shit where you shit on us one on Monday, but on Tuesday be like, I got y'all back and we love y'all. Black women hold y'all down and then you shit on us again on Wednesday. That's some schizophrenic shit and we're not built to deal with that. And that's why I took umbrage with this shit because we're winning. We were winning the fucking election voting. Everybody came together to do some shit and people came out of nowhere talking about what did black men do? If you're not a fucking black man, it doesn't fucking matter. We were fucking winning. We all won together. It was a team win. Like, that shit was bullshit. So... Because black women said that they su- that they saved the election, does that automatically mean that they're shitting on black men? No, 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 no. no. It's two separate things. Me, I was just being an asshole on that. Black women came out, they voted, and they supported the fuck out of Joe Biden, and that's the type of lopsided support that gets us places. That's that's one totally different thing. I was just being a jerk about that. But the second part about people that were just waking up, like this is like the day after the election, people were like. We got a lot of question marks. We're waiting on the overall votes and shit like that. And people are like, well, what did black men do? Like, what? Yeah, this shit is always black man's fault. Us. Whenever something goes wrong, it's a black man's fault. And if y'all ain't never discovered that, I done had a lot of shit be my fault that I ain't had nothing to do with. That's just, that's the game. It's right. all in the game, man. Free throws and fouls. And, and whether and you need every, it or every not. Every six months, you'll get one of those posts like, Black man, we love you. You're so fucking great. And then you just click the heart on it and just yeah. sit back and wait on the heart. The Lord give it and the Lord take it away. And it's fine. It's fine if you feel that way. But you also got to understand the context and you got to understand what everybody else is saying. If 5,000 people all have an opinion and they all want to share it because that's what's in vogue, shitting on black men. I shit on black men one day, Wednesday, Wednesday, Friday, and my homegirl does it on Tuesday and Thursday. When I wake up and see my fucking feed or whatever the fuck I see, all I see is shitting on black men Monday through Friday. Like, that's all oh, yeah, I see. Absolutely. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if your shit is just a little piece, right? If you're all spitting out the same fucking message all the fucking time, that's what we're going to see. And how do you think that makes black men feel? Like, it's not good. I, I think it's designed to break us down. Like, I, like I said, like, on our last podcast when i did my with all due respect i was like we as men need to like look out for each other and like praise each other and hold each other down in that sense because and it was because we don't we always getting blamed for shit we all getting shit on because both of y'all are dead ass right because what happened was when they thought the election was lost they're like man black 18 percent of black men didn't doubt it i'm like no no that's not how this works but we were immediately the scapegoat and then all of a sudden, when shit started to turn around, it was like black women really made this happen, and da da da. I'm like, and, and here's my thing: I agree with you. It was it, the black black women as elector are very strong, and they were very focused. But us as black people, 
it was so lopsided in terms of how much we support Donald Trump versus any other ethnic group that it had to be considered a group effort. And to be fair, black women doubled their vote, uh, doubled in voters for Donald Trump. Like <laughs> they, they did they fucking everything did. doubled. You know, I mean, but, turnout was up. Yeah, but Trump is out. Why does it matter how he got out? <laughs> like it, it don't matter. It don't matter. And but the thing is, I feel like it's a it's a tool to divide us. I mean, it just makes it seem like makes us seem incompetent. Like we don't know. Like like we're not a part of this shit. And I think it, I think it's just the negus. Like like make it make it seem like we don't we matter at all. If struggle is all you know, struggle is all you're gonna look for. As a people, we've struggled throughout our entire fucking history. As women, with women's suffrage, all of that, women have struggled mightily. You know what I'm saying? Minorities have. Struggle is really all we fucking know. So if struggle is all you know. It's like the whole saying, like, if all you got is a hammer, everything begins to look like a nail. You know what I'm saying? It's the same fucking shit, right? Like, if you're, if we've been victims for so long, we don't know how to be anything but a victim. So you're going to look and you're going to see through a lens of who's fucked over you today. And a lot of times that shit may be real. And a lot of times that shit is not real. And at the end of the day, black women and black men, we are on the same fucking team. No matter if we want to be on the same team, no matter if we don't want to be, we are attached at the hip. We are on the same fucking team. So waking up, shitting on us on any given day of the week, I don't care how you feel, is not productive for the team. Period. I had a question. So... I'm, you know, I would get my conspiracy theory back, and, and I know y'all be not agreeing with me, but this is what I think. I think the overwhelming numbers and then the turnouts in Detroit, Atlanta, Philly, black cities that made the difference in the election shows that the black electorate has a lot of power. So in order to kind of diminish that power that we could use as a tool, like with the Biden campaign, we could use it with in our local elections. It, it's a it's a it's a clear use case. I think what they're doing is dividing it up, dividing us and, and making us kind of infight a bit, um, lowering our value to one another to kind of lower the value of us as an electorate. I, I don't think that's the case. I don't think anybody made us be this way. I think we're more than capable of, make, of fighting ourselves. Like that's just that's inherently a part of our of the black diaspora or diaspora, however the fuck you say it. You can look at hip hop, you can look at sports, you can look at whatever. We are a naturally competitive and fuck you type of people. You know what I'm saying? Like group economics ain't really our thing yet. You know what I'm saying? Like most things that we do, it's a very I'm out for mine. You know what I'm saying? This motherfucker's out to get me. And that's not everybody. That's a generalization. I get that. But we have some social changes, I feel, as a people that we need to we need to examine and we need to change in order for us to get more into that that group economics and that teamwork type of shit. Because white women, white women don't fuck with Trump, but you, you know, white women was on fucking board with them white men. With them white men, they yeah, was in they, lock. They was on code. They was in lockstep. Oh, who, everybody uh, can work their fucking plan right. with us. Everybody, sugar, who we voting for? Yeah. Are we voting for Trump? All right, that's what I'm voting for. And so, that's the other uh, thing. You think about all the shit you scroll by on Facebook, Instagram, fucking College Club, whatever the fuck. White people don't be saying a fucking thing for the most part. You got the flamboyant ones that be selling out, but for the most part, they don't be saying shit. We'll talk about the fucking plan. We'll put the plan on wax. We'll fucking have 500 comments under somebody's page, denigrating and downgrading the fucking plan. And then we wonder why the shit don't never work. Like, we always 
like exposed. Like we be holding our cards like facing the other fucking players, <laughs> and everything is a fucking inside joke turn outside joke. The shit is just is really a fucking travesty for real, man. So what? So you saying that everybody should do susu? No, I don't think it should be a susu. Not uh, at all. Especially not these susus that's going on now. I don't talk about that. These susus that's happening today ain't susus. I, I don't know a lot. But no, but other, uh, other cultures don't have to deal with the same systemic racism that we that we deal with. Like, we have generational shit that we're still trying to get trying to get past. And I mean, that's not an excuse for black people because we gotta, you know, you know better, you do better. But we can't compare ourselves to anybody else because everybody else nobody else has gone through the shit that we've gone through you know what i'm saying like if you just i mean we all know but if you just make a fucking whiteboard of all the shit that we've have had to go through like man we we're we're fucked up as a people not because of us because it was engineered to fuck us up so we wouldn't be as great as we could as great as we can be so I, I mean, we fuck up, but we got to give ourselves a little, a little slack. No, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not condemning our people. You know what I'm saying? I, I realize that we have struggles, but a lot of our, a lot of our construction or a lot of our changes that we want to make are outward. This person needs to change or this shit needs to change or racism needs to stop. And I'm not saying that we don't look at the inside of the community because we do. There are a lot of people that do great work in the inner cities and outside of the inner cities to make a change in the black community. But I'm talking about just from a culture standpoint, right? We can't, everybody wants to normalize shit, right? But we can't normalize waking up every morning and just because, but did I lie, I can say whatever the fuck I wanted to say about black men. I don't care if it's the truth or not. The shit's not productive. But did I lie? The, the the shit I hate that came out in the past ten years that I hate the most is but did I lie? <laughs> like that, you, you can be telling the truth, but that shit is not productive. And if, like I said, if every black woman wakes up in the morning and despite all the good things that black men have done, if they all want to focus on the negative about black men and say, well, what have black men done? What did they vote? And always hold us on that fire and everybody else already does in this country you know what i'm saying black women are essentially the only place our only comfort our only solace if black women start to do that too there's no hope for the black men because they're all we have yeah and that's the plan that's it <laughs> it's, it's, it's working it's i think it's a very yeah. effective yeah i i agree with you uh 100 percent. like when stuff is not productive or it's just wasted motion what's the point like what is the, I always say, what's the point in proving a moot point? Like, okay, you made a point, but it's moot. So yeah. what about it? You know what I'm saying? You just, you waste a lot of time. It creates a lot of tense situations because it puts everybody on edge. And it's like, well, damn, they don't really fuck with me, whatever. Like, just, it, it's like, it's just unnecessary shit. Just because you can do something doesn't mean that you should. And um, I don't know. That's my take on it. People that say, uh a moot point are the same people that say uh, mature and on tomorrow. FYI. Mm, why you say that? Because it's the truth. <laughs> but I did I lie? <laughs> you, said it, you said it on yesterday. No, I didn't. I, heard, I, I never said on yesterday in my whole entire life. And on tomorrow. Nope. I, I might, I, I might I say tomorrow and tomorrow. I say yesterday. And you, and you say mute. And you say uh I said moot. Moot. No. He said, he said moot. But that's what it, that's yeah. what it is, though. You didn't say moot. It's moot. 
it's a, it's also, you can also say mute. It's not a, but it's not a mute point. Mute point is incorrect. I'm gonna say mute point and moot point are two different things. It's not. Mute point ain't shit, really. Yeah, you're right. It's not. Moot point is something. Mute point ain't shit. So it's not two different things. It's one thing and one thing. Trust me, if you look it up now, it can be just you can say moot or mute. Just like you say mature or mature. This like this how like niggas said after uh conversate got added to the dictionary. Conversate is the word, nigga. Like it it can be either or. Nah, this shit's still wrong. It's not a mute point. It's a move. That's You say mature. Niggas say move. And, pro- and, and program. Program. Doesn't matter. That's why we're never going to grow as a pert people. Because we can't agree on move versus mute. And then what? Chef what? act like he. Uh, again, we're going to get a new A bike as soon, <laughs> as soon as possible. <laughs> no, I was just like, you have Shit alone. You want to let that shit go, so I was going to let you Chef, have it. Chef literally be watching the show. Like, he controls the flow of the show. And he'd be right. watching and listening, like, oh, what do right. you think that about this? Speaking of turncoats. Turn shit off, niggas got real sensitive. I'm just being an asshole. So the GOP is talking about, it looks like they're trying to stage a coup. Um, Trump has fired uh, the, the, the Secretary of Defense and brought in some of his cronies and homeboys, um, starting to get folks geared up, to, like, you know, legis- not, not legislative, lawyers geared up um, for all these lawsuits coming. Uh, I know Mike Pompeo said, and I don't know, if, it sounded like he was trying to be, it was joking, but I, don't, I take all these motherfuckers serious, talking about how we're ready for a second Trump term um, when he was asked about pre- preparations for the um, transition team. So it looks to me, and I obviously want to get everybody's opinion, that the GOP is trying to stage a coup. These niggas really seem like they really want to go to jail. It's uh, impossible. It's impossible to stage a coup. Constitutionally, it's impossible. Because it's, it's funny because so many so much shit that I thought was like not possible has been become so possible. No, but the Constitution says like so if Tr- Trump has not been elected, right? Now you right. can say that Joe Biden has not been elected, and we need to yeah. go take this shit to the courts or whatever. But on Jan was it January twenty first, twenty twenty one? January twentieth. January twentieth. Yeah. Trump is no longer president. If he's not elected, he's essentially not elected. So Nancy Pelosi becomes the president. So you're saying? So you're saying like? If the election is not certified, either way, he's not going to be president. Right. Nancy Pelosi becomes the president. Or Yes. The Speaker of the House becomes the, the de facto president. So you don't think they would go to the point where, because I, I guess from, or I remember from civics, <laughs> is if the shit don't work out with the um, Electoral College or whatever, they, they could, it goes down to the state legislatures to make the decision, right? But it's not a. The electoral college is going with the votes. It's not an issue with the electoral college, right? The electoral college is going with the vote for the states. That's not in contention. I thought the the vote count was in contention. Right, but that that's nothing to do with the electoral college. The electoral college goes with the whoever does the the counting. Okay, who won? Okay, that's where the electoral college votes go. But if the votes are in contention, then the election is in contention. So everything fucking freezes, right? Trump didn't get elected. Trump didn't get elected, but neither did Joe Biden. Nobody got elected, but the term is up. So the Speaker of the House becomes the president until this shit is sorted. Trump just doesn't, it's not like a regular manager at fucking Arby's. Like, I stay the manager until the new manager is hired. That's not how it works. Once your term is up, you're gone. Okay, cool. So that's sweet. So either way, he's out of there, regardless of how this works. Yeah, I don't think he knows that, but I don't think he cares. So I think when he's, the type of shit that they're on is some. Shit, it's some Putin type shit, right? Yeah. 
you know, they're awesome. I'm just going to stay in power until I don't want to be in power no more. And that's that's dangerous. And I don't understand how any of these people on the right who are so American and so patriotic, they're so scared of McCarthyism, they're so scared of socialism and, and communism, that doesn't scare them. Like, liberalism, not shooting guns, I don't, you know, that scares the fuck out of you. But the fact that this cat just just says, fuck the election, that doesn't scare you, that's that's backwards. I think it's white supremacy because, like I said, they're basically saying that the black vote didn't count. Like, like if he not, he's not worried about elections in the in the red states. He's not worried about North Carolina because he he's he won, he's winning the state of North Carolina right now. Um, he's worried about all the votes that were counted in Atlanta, Philly, and, and Detroit. Like he's like, them just don't count because niggas did it. I mean, I, I don't think it's necessarily a black thing. I think he wants to win. I don't care. I don't think he cares if it was all Asian votes. He does. He still wants to be the fucking president. You know, I I, I don't. If it were all white votes that were coming in and they were all white cities, I think he would still have the same result. He wants to stay in power. Like, I don't... While I think racism drives these motherfuckers, it does. I don't think it drives these people more than their desire for power. And I think that's the bottom line here. So what what do y'all think? You know, you think he's trying to, like, stage a coup or take over? He ain't gonna do shit. Like, he never does shit but run his mouth. I don't really personally think nothing is gonna happen. Like, he'll say a bunch of bullshit or whatever and... You're going to go on about his fucking business. That would be in his best interest. It would behoove him to fucking keep it. Right. I mean, because what, what can he really fucking do? You know what I'm saying? Like, he's worthless to everybody without the office of the president of the United States. His skirt has been pulled up as a fucking fraud. He owes $400 million. That's really why he's fighting the shit, because I just believe he's been working side deals. Like, hey, I'll open up... Um, some restrictions here. I'll get some legisla- legislation passed here. I'll do this over there, and then you just knock five or ten million off my debt. He don't have the fucking four hundred million dollars to pay the shit back, and he's only valuable in office. And he also knows that there's a very good chance he might end up in a fucking prison. So he wants to stick around. You know what I'm saying? It's like, like we see the memes floating around now. Like, uh, oh, I've been playing sleep for four days because my girl says she want to know who Tiffany is when I wake up. You know what I'm saying? Like, So it's the same shit. Like, he just fucking trying to parlay this shit because when he walk out of 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue his ass is probably going to jail or the court at least. So yeah. and, and, and it's not like Black Panther, right? Like, I don't need you to give up the helmet or some shit in order for me to be the Black Panther. Like, people have already said in D.C., like, you can say you want to be the president all you want to. We can swear Joe Biden in at fucking fucking uh, Ben Shilly Bowl. Like, it doesn't fucking matter. We don't even need the White House. Like, you can swear that nigga in anywhere. And people can literally just, well, this nigga's the president and just report to him. Like, there's nothing to hand off. Like, there's no thing that, no golden key to the city that makes you the president where Trump has to abdicate. You can play president all you fucking want to. But once, once whatever the fuck it is, January 20th or whatever it is, the new president is there, he's the president now. And Trump can really do whatever the fuck he wants to do. Once they change the passcodes and the key locks, it is what it is. Right, and then tell a nigga to get the fuck out. Did, um, so I know you live in D.C. area. What, I, they showed a picture of a moving truck out front of the White House, like around um, like the Wednesday after the election, I believe. And they tried to say that Melania dipped on that nigga. Like, nah. is that what people are, or is that just some bullshit? Nah, it's bullshit. There's always moving trucks and shit at the White House. I mean, that's just... That's what I'm about to say. I mean, there, I mean, 
like you can go and visit the White House, right? And it's seasonal. They'll come in. They'll drop off artifacts. So when you go visit the White House, there are artifacts in there that you can go oh. see and things that they set up. And then they'll take those things out and they'll turn those into actual working rooms. You know what I'm saying? Like when it's off season, they can just be renovating. You know what I'm saying? There's oh, okay. like that's there's okay. always fucking shit at the White House, nigga. Like that's not that's not a big deal. If they were gonna move her or something like that, there's plenty of exits on non non camera uh non monitored exits for the for the general yeah, public non monitored the where they could where they could exit, you know what I'm saying? There are tunnels under the fucking White House, you know what I'm saying? Like shit like that. Yeah, I was wondering I was wondering how that shit went. I thought it'd just be funny if she like dick on that nigga like that. Like, you know, cold they world. said I mean I I thought it was like she was never really living in the White House anyway. Like she was in New York or some shit. Oh she was? That was always what I thought. But that was kind of like a running joke. Like, I know she had a she body double. Or the Trump Hotel in D.C. A lot of people are at the Trump Hotel in D.C. That's where he wanted to actually stage the White House the whole time. Really? Yeah. It's across the street from the what the Hoover Building, I think it is. They wanted to make that essentially their White House. They never really wanted to be in the White House. Okay, so, um, so the other thing that happened with election night, I mean, obviously, there were local elections, local bills, and and propositions and and amendments passed. I know in Florida we, we got like a, what we get we got the um, minimum wage um, boosted up to fifteen dollars over the next few years. Uh, some shit happened in California. California said no to uh, affirmative action because they're real progressive. Affirmative uh, action? They said no to affirmative action. Is that progressive? I don't know. Probably saying no to affirmative action doesn't seem progressive. It seems regressive. I know. I was being I was being an asshole. Oh, sorry about that. <laughs> but um, something that was interesting was Oregon made uh, decriminalize all the drugs. So all of them. So the crack personal. for personal use. Yeah, not for distribution. Like you have your personal crack. So crack, um, all the LSD. I know I have some mushrooms at the house. Maybe remember I had them. So thank you for reminding me, Greg. Anyway, mushrooms, LSD. Um uh, all the all the opiates you could have your you could have heroin with the homies um in Oregon. Uh so I do want to go to Oregon. I'm just trying to think of a good time. Um what do y'all think about the drug buffets in Oregon? I'm I think Oregon's gonna be a vibe. I am one hundred percent for the decriminalization of all drugs across the period. Yeah, I think it's I think they posted something about a nigga having like a crack like opening his own crack den. It might have been an onion article though, so I mean, crack, uh, the only thing about crack and cocaine that, crack, cocaine, and meth that kind of worries me is the whole flammability portion. Like, that really is what worries me, like, blowing up property. But other than that, like, if it's not highly flammable, toxic chemicals and shit like that, run it. I think, I think, so, the thing with with either of those drugs is the um, addiction piece, but I get what you're saying. I think they are both pretty flammable. It's the stealing piece, like... Motherfuckers that do them kind of drugs are still from, like, that's a problem. It's not, they kind of try to present the stuff as like, all right, it's self-contained, they're not bothering anybody, whatever. And that is the case for the most part, but people will get on crack, powder, heroin, uh, what's the other shit we just said, meth, steal from the problem. I think the stealing is is a problem. I don't feel, because, I mean, a lot of people... I mean, a lot of people they they're alcoholics and they steal and they commit dom- and commit domestic violence and murder and violent crimes and shit like that. 
But it just depends on what your tolerance for risk is. You know what I'm saying? And ideally for me, if if it's legal, there are more avenues for people to get help. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of our money will shift from putting these people in prison to getting these people help, which is what they need. Because you're not about to jail. I mean, a lot of crackheads go to jail and they get right back out and they go back to doing crack. You know what I'm saying? Because they never got help. They just went to jail. So I don't think that's a good way to treat you know what I'm saying? Alcoholism or drug abuse, which I guess that's the same thing. Um, jail's not a good cure for that. It's not a good treatment for that. So we need to work more on treatment, treating it as a disease as opposed to treating it as this person needs to be in jail. Because a lot of those people don't need to be in jail. I agree. Um, I don't think that putting a, an addict in jail is going to help an addict. And it's just more tax dollars, blah, 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 blah. Um, I've been on like my homeboy chat group and they was you know like they couldn't believe it and you know that's just gonna make more crack addicts well i don't believe so i I think i'm kind of on the same vein as wood it's like once it's open and you know you don't have to fucking i hate to say kind of like abortions you know what i'm saying like when when they started outlawing abortions in certain, certain states they were doing it with coat hangers and back alleys and you know what i'm saying x y and z so now that we have um, a state where okay if you're gonna do it is do it you know just do it i mean you're gonna have health professionals that are gonna be passing out fucking clean needles you know what i'm saying you don't have to share needles you don't have to do all types of other shit and and it'll probably be safer and you know i think more people will probably end up getting help now of course you're gonna have those people that's like chef who just want to go to Oregon and get loose off shrooms and crack and shit like that. Um, I don't want crack. Anymore. Uh, we're proud of you. Um, but at, I, I mean, I, I just don't think those people should go to jail. So I'm I'm, I'm with it. And I can't wait to see how, how you know, what's going to happen. So when we going? So we don't, we don't see it like in real life? I'm not going to go with yeah. you, but oh. I, oh, I you know, because because I only do the occasional reefers, and there are a lot of other states that you can just do that in that right. that are way closer than Oregon. You so, like, no mushrooms or... You're probably going to get a lot of people who don't have to do crack. Because it's like, there's another drug. I mean, weed does a lot for people's emotions. People with attention disorders, depression, like, social anxiety. Weed does a lot for those type of people. You know what I'm saying? You might be able to, yeah, I know it sucks. They, you know, plead to a lesser drug, you know, get on weed instead of crack. But if you can openly do that, a lot of people can self-medicate that shit to get through the day before they even get to crack. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like pain management. A lot of people, the, op- the opioid crisis comes primarily from pain management. But marijuana yep. is great for pain management. You know what I'm saying? But it's illegal. So we don't put people on marijuana to deal with pain. We put them on goddamn Oxycontin, which turns into black tar heroin. You know what I'm saying? So, like, if all the drugs are legal, people have more options to do. People have more options to address safer alternatives as opposed to going straight to opioids or straight to fucking crack. Yeah, I'm trying to think. There was there were uh, like all the states that had a a marijuana legalization um, like bill. They all passed. So I think it was like I think Montana, Arizona. New Jersey and South Dakota, they all approved. Um, marijuana is super ballot. popular. The only people that don't want marijuana are people that don't use marijuana. It's I super think they popular. Know, they, they would be all for it. Like, 
how back in the day it used to be like devil's lettuce and marijuana puts people in a rage and all that. Like, I, I think that narrative has kind of died out. So it's like, even if you don't smoke or otherwise fuck with the edibles or whatever, I just, people like, oh, well, whatever. They don't really care. They don't care enough to stop yeah. it. You know what I'm saying? Like, ain't nobody about to go pick it in front of the fucking White House to abolish marijuana laws and shit. Except for Florida. But for the most part, the, the country. Florida state- wasn't tripping, I don't think. Florida was tripping for a while. I think they just started letting it go because I mean I know they're built starting to build dispensaries and stuff, but they didn't they they weren't really fucking with it at first, even even after the bill passed. Florida would seem like one of the first states to like embrace marijuana because y'all love to tax shit. Y'all don't have state tax, but it's like ah, let's do this and let's let's put a tax on it. Kind of, I think that's where they wore down because I'm like there's there's a lot of tax implications like. It's been helpful to all the states who have legal recreational marijuana. Like, like I didn't didn't uh, Colorado give their their people refunds because they yeah. had so much money? Denver has a surplus. Like Denver's like we yeah. made way too much money now. <laughs> right, that's a blessing. Like, so I feel like uh, all these other um, states are like, well, we need to get in on this. I mean, it's like, what's the point? Give the people their drugs, man. Absolutely. Uh, so, um, speaking of drugs, uh, Dave Chappelle was on SNL. Um, giving us the truth drug. I was wondering how you were going to spend that. He did well. It was well done, actually. Thank you. Um, so, he was on SNL. Um, I, I I watch SNL. Like, I'm a, I don't know if I said this before, but I fuck with SNL even when it's not good. Like, when Issa Rae did it, it was terrible. Like, that was probably the worst episode I've ever seen. But, in general... Didn't I just on the whole thing earlier about black men versus black women? And then you come back and say Issa Rae was terrible? It's not because she's a black woman. It's because it was a bad episode. I don't, I don't see it like that. Fair. I'm, I'm trying to help you hear shit the way other people hear shit, but okay. I'm trying to translate for you, but go ahead. Oh, no, a lot of black women didn't like that episode either. It just wasn't funny. Like, funny is funny. <laughs> Dave Chappelle was on. Okay. Um, <laughs> and that's what he's going to say to me. Uh, watch the episode. Um, and he, I think it was really, he, he hosted the, he hosted SNL when um, Trump, the day after, the Saturday after Trump was elected. And so he did it again um, for this election. And I thought it was great. Um, saw a few people say that he was very toxic, which I, I wasn't expecting. I never heard anyone talk bad about Dave Chappelle. But he said he was sexist and toxic. But I thought it was I have, a great. I mean, I've, I've heard Do you be before. around when everybody be talking about Dave Chappelle? <laughs> like, have, have you heard all the Dave Chappelle conversation? I just never heard that before. <laughs> my bad, straight, straight face. You scared me. I thought you were about to die through the screen on my ass. I was like, <laughs> I was just joking because it's straight. No, I know. Um, but um, it was, it was. I think that's all he did. Like, I think he might have did a couple of skits, but his monologue was really on point to me. I think he was just, he just called out everything that, uh, about us as as a people, as Americans. Um, and uh, what did y'all think? Did y'all see it? Did y'all watch it? Uh, what were your thoughts? I saw it, um, and I saw the comments, too. People were talking about the transphobia and, you know, the homophobic slurs and stuff like that. Um, I'm toxic, so I I appreciate toxic comedy. I feel that there should be some protection, some comedic license to comedians to offend some people. You know what I'm saying? Like, black people, black comedians have been talking about white people for decades. You know what I'm saying? And it was never toxic. But, you know, now um, it seems like, you know, Dave Chappelle... Let me back up. Dave Chappelle's bit, his show has changed. Dave Chappelle is not so much about jokes right now. You can tell that he has a lot of stuff on his mind and he brings it in a comedic fashion as much as possible. 
but his comedy is more so irony now as opposed to bits. He yeah. tells what the reality is and presents the irony and that's the comedy now. So if you can't appreciate that, if you don't if you don't appreciate irony like that sort of comedy is going to come across as really dark. But that's really all Dave Chappelle has right now. That's all he's given us because he's a lot on his mind. He talks about events that are currently going on. He doesn't mind calling a spade a spade. That's racist. Like, he dropped how many N-bombs? And I was like, whoa, wait a minute. I wouldn't expect that. When he said white niggas, I know all them white folks turned a little bit. Yeah, he was like, come get your nigga lessons and stuff. I was like, wait a minute. This is like, this is still regular TV, right? This This isn't FX, right? And it's like, he did that. You know, and a lot, and that comedy is a little different than what people are used to. It's not a Louis C.K. You know, I love Louis C.K. too, and I know people hate him now, but I fuck with Louis C.K. too. If you don't appreciate that type of comedy, it's going to come across very different and it's very raw. But he's telling the truth. He's telling things how it is, and he's telling truthful stories, and he's gonna get that backlash. Me, I appreciate it. I'm a toxic person. I appreciate old comedy where anybody, nobody is off limits. You know what I'm saying? But I can see how in today's day of we need to understand people's plight and be more sensitive and stuff like that, where people can make these comments. I may not necessarily agree with them, but I can see people make it. So, yeah, I'm a big SNL fan, a bigger SNL fan than Chef. Um, I just said that to see if he was going to shake his head. No, and he did. Uh, I'm older than you, so that makes me an older fan, which makes me uh, a bigger fan. But <laughs> Fan um, so like what what Will was saying, man, it was uh, he does like social commentary now with like humor undertones, and like I, I definitely fuck with it. Um, I think at one point in the uh, no at one point in the monologue, he was like, "It's messed up that I just can't come out here and just tell y'all the truth because y'all can't handle it. Everything I have to say to y'all, it has to have a punchline at the end of it, um, and that's the truth." Like. He's he's really telling the truth to like white people, right? Yeah. Like, and he's gotten to a place in his career where white people listen to him, and I think he realizes that. And so he's kind of giving him the giving them the truth with like a spoonful of sugar, uh, so that they so that it goes down easier. But like shit that Bill Burr was talking about, the same shit that Dave Chappelle, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's a lot of truth that white people aren't really ready for, but and this age is like, shit, y'all need to hear this shit. And I respect them. I also was like, like, God, this had to be the most niggas in one Saturday Night Live episode. <laughs> it had to be. I don't, yeah. That nigga, he was throwing niggas around. And then the next, I think the next sketch, was, sketch when he was doing the, uh, the, uh, the all the band shit. Yeah, yeah, all state band. I think he threw like one or two niggas in there. So <laughs> He definitely did. We we here now, so uh, <laughs> right. yeah, I, yeah, I definitely I definitely fuck with it, man. Yeah, I feel like can't ever do it. I think someone said that these are like Dave Chappelle's um, our conscience speaking, like as a country, which I thought was like a pretty it's a deep, very deep statement. But I I could see it though. I mean, because he says a lot of stuff that that makes makes like it's not really it's tough to take in. It's tough to receive, but I think it's like the medicine that you kind of need if you want to really hear the truth. And I mean, you know, some people don't like to hear the truth, but I think it's very helpful. That's what comedians are supposed to be. I mean, you go back to I mean, Richard yeah. Pryor did that same shit and during his like that. That's why comedians have to have the comedic license to offend people 
and mm. say whatever the fuck it is. Because at the end of the day, most times comedians are the only people that are going to get into a room, a mix of mixed company, and tell what the truth is. Yeah. So I think he needs to keep on doing the good work that he's doing. I think there's value in it. So doesn't he have a show coming out on Netflix? Isn't there? Isn't Chappelle's show coming back or something? I thought somebody said something about that. Yeah, Chappelle's show came back at the beginning of the month on Netflix. Um, I think it was one of his jokes actually because he said he didn't, he didn't get paid no pay shit for it. But yeah, Chappelle show you could stream that show on Netflix now. Why did he not get paid? I'm sure he got paid. I think it was probably a part of his full that the full agreement he had with Netflix. It was probably part of like and we'll do you'll do X amount of shows this year, X amount of shows next year, and then we'll bring in Chappelle's show and and you'll uh-huh. get this full. Right. It's probably, like it's probably like an all-encompassing thing. Yeah. Whatever deal that was he had with Netflix, but right. and they probably just whatever he said was like back to back to back, and then they was like, "Fuck, I ain't get no extra check for the shit." So, <laughs> right. Or they right. paying his ass at the end after he pulled that shit with the Chappelle so said, "I ain't coming back. <laughs> we go pay you when you done." Exactly. I think. I mean, I think it's fine. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I need to watch that shit. Though. I'm, I, I ran out of shit to stream. So. That's what's up, though. Um, but more on a somber note, um, we got to um, give out a few rest in pieces uh, for a few folks that we lost over the past couple of weeks. So, first of all, rest in peace, Alex Trebek. Um, like if you a if you a any if you're a millennial, if you're a, a, a '80s and '90s kid, you watched Jeopardy on a normal basis at some point in your life. I know, I I did. Uh, fun fact about me: I was on our the brain game team. At my school, so I used to love like meaningless, uh, meaningless fucking um, trivia, and I would be a part of the. Um, I used to be on the little show on Channel 13, Indianapolis, where like the little smart kids from all the schools would go up against different high schools. So I, I love this shit. Like I was big into all of this. So um, and big fan, fan of Alex Trebek. So rest in peace to him for sure. Yeah, man, that's sad. I mean, he's been fighting uh, cancer. Um, yeah, he's a big part of my life. Uh, some of y'all know I do like, like I love trivia nights and shit like that in New Orleans. And yeah. I used to go every Friday before COVID. You're a genius. Um, huh? So you're a genius. People don't know that I'm a genius, but you know. Oh man, <laughs> but you know, it's just um, one of those things, man. I used to always make sure, like, I'd, I'd watch Jeopardy, and I was like, man, I gotta get at least ten out of the each, like the Jeopardy first Jeopardy and. Second, you know what I'm saying? That they used to always be my like, all right, I'm gonna get ten here and ten there. You know what I'm saying? Just a little shit I've been doing since I was younger when it came came to Jeopardy. So it's one of those things when like a piece of your like you said, childhood is gone and adult life too, it's just a piece of you is gone now, man. So rest in peace, uh Mr. Trebek. So yeah, definitely um <clears throat> fuck with Jeopardy and Alex Trebek real hard. Like for as long as I can remember growing up, every day, 7.30 p.m., that was appointment watching. We would, like, keep score in the house. And um, it was fun. It was educational. Everybody was in on it. Like, one of our neighbors sometime um, that was cool with my dad, he'll, like, come over and he'll join in and watch. Like, that was that was a big deal. And I, over the past several years, like, in my adulthood, I haven't um, watched it as religiously every day but i actually even submitted like one of the quizzes to try out one time and um that was always a big deal and i happened to just be sitting in front of the tv right at the moment when it came up breaking news and my first word i was like oh man like that 
it just fucked me up. It was kind of unexpected because you know he had been sick, but it was like fucking Alex Trebek, like he an icon, he above all of this shit. You know what I'm saying? So um, shit was kind of crazy, and I didn't verify it, but I assumed it was true because I feel like if you fuck with Alex Trebek, you like fact check or you just post it on the internet. But I never knew that his name, his first name is George. I think it was somebody posted that like wrestling. George Alex Trebek. I think it's George. Let me look it up. My damn stuff right now. But I think that's what it said. Whatever it was, though, Alex Trebek was not his first name. Like Alex was not his first. Yeah. Name. Right now. For for yeah. me, it's just, and I was a Jeopardy watcher. I mean, I'm kind of a trivia guy myself. But it's just to me, it's more so. People always tell you that you live long enough, or you're gonna have the fortune to live long enough to see all of your heroes die. You know what I'm saying? And this is just a part of that. You know what I'm saying? Like, w- these are just names. I mean, whether you watch Jeopardy or not, you know Alex Trebek. Like, that, that motherfucker's nothing to you. Like, you don't see him. You don't know your mama nothing. Alex Trebek, Pat Sajak, you know what I'm saying? The Bob Barkers of the world. Rick Dawson, you know what I'm saying? Like, Ray Combs. Like, these are the people that... the na- Bozo the Clown. Like, you grew up knowing these fucking names, right? This is a, as far back as we can remember... Those names have been there at your grandmama's house, at your mama's house, whether you were a huge fan or not. And those people, they're older than us. So naturally, you know what I'm saying, with good fortune, they're going to pass. And we're going to live long enough to see all of our heroes grow old and all of our heroes die. You know what I'm saying? And it's it's sad to see Alex Trebek go. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's not one of those, oh, too soon type of deals, but... It's one of our heroes. It's one of the staples. It's one of the foundations. It's like it's like apple pie, you know what I'm saying, or chicken pot pie. As far back as I remember as a kid, I knew Alex Trebek, and now he's gone, man. And that's that's sad. And to our generation, it's kind of a wake-up because we're starting to lose more of our heroes. And even though they may be more of our parents' heroes, you know what I'm saying, the, the boomers, they're still our heroes, too. And as we continue to age and as we continue to get older... There's just going to be more names added to that list, man. And it's part of growing up. And, you know, it's kind of sad. It's kind of like how, you know, if anybody knows their grandmama, like, when they get, like, for some reason, when they get, like, 70 or 80 years old, they like to check the damn obituary every every week. Like, to know who died. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of the same fucking shit. It's, it's morbid a little bit, but it's just a part of growing up, man. It's a part of getting older. We're not we're not kids anymore where all of our heroes are gonna be alive and nobody dies and G.I. Joe, they shoot all of the bullets and nobody ever gets hurt. It's just it's just a part of the deal, man. We don't exist in that world I mean, we don't live in that world anymore, man. So it's sad, but you know what I'm saying, it's part of life. For sure. Um also, um rest in peace to King Von. So oh, King Von wait, 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 you know, move on to that. Right. So do kids nowadays uh, like are there game shows that they watch? Like do they have no man, they don't fuck with TV so, like that. Like couples, I mean, yeah, they don't really mess with TV like that. But like, there will be sometimes like I'd be at my parents' house in the evening, and my son would be with me, and we'll watch Jeopardy because like my my parents will still watch it if it's on or whatever. Um, and uh, Family Feud with Steve Harvey resonates with a lot of people. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's true. So I mean, it's a couple of, but I, it's not like staple game shows. Like how we grew up watching Price is Right at our grandma's house because we were sick from school or whatever. Like right. I just feel like times like that change. Like do people even hang out at their grandma's house still? You know what I'm saying? Like 
shit just kind of like, well, I was there not. I didn't hang out at my grandma's house. That's just where I got ended up and got dropped off. I, that's, so, that's, <laughs> I used to spend the summer. Oh, yeah, that's what I mean. So I, I, spent, I spent a lot of time at my grandparents' house. So at various points, like, I actually just flat out fucking lived with them for a little while. Like, when I was yeah. very, like, a couple years old, like, toddler age probably living at um, your grandparents house i think was right a path right a passage for our generations you know what i'm saying at some point in time there was a short-term stay long-term right. stay at your grandparents house. like bitch are they coming back the story <laughs> as it's told to me is one day they came to visit shortly after i was born i might have been like six to nine months old and like the ac was broke or something and they was like oh he can't stay here and they just fucking took me for like a few months or whatever and so uh but, I mean, before school, after school, summers, like, that was kind of just like the bridge. Like, if my mom and I was working, I was at my fucking grandma's house or whatever. Just, I spent a lot of fucking time over there. Thank God for grandparents, man. Seriously. And um, one other thing, like, I was so excited when they brought Supermarket Sweet back. Like, that was one of my favorite yeah. uh, game shows. Hell yeah. Up. <laughs> but they definitely picked the wrong host. Like I didn't get that. What? What was the host? It's it Jones. Yeah, it's a right. It's who? It's a real host. Oh, like, who did you say? Leslie Jones from oh, Leslie. Jones. First, I thought you said Quincy Jones, and I was like, "What?" That'd be funny a little bit though. That <laughs> better than Leslie Jones. Like, <laughs> Absolutely. They, they should have got the the original original dude, man. Isn't even old. Does, does let, doesn't Guy Fieri do like his own supermarket suite his damn self? Yeah, guys, guys, guys grocery games? games? Yeah. Like I do I it. Mean, I'm in a conflict of interest, but. Speaking of, speaking of guy and conflicts of interest, <laughs> I was watching uh, <laughs> Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives the other day, and at the end, the credits was rolling, and I noticed it said like one of the restaurants that was featured, he was like the co-owner. And I'm like, oh, ain't gosh. that a fucking conflict? You can't come here selling out about the fucking food and you own the place. And it, I mean, I do that shit all the time. When I'm traveling for work, if I end up in fucking Timbuktu, Arkansas, I look up Timbuktu, Arkansas, Triple D, and just see if there's some shit on there. And I'll go to that shit. Hey, man, hey man, hey man, guy said this ain't a government job, nigga. This is a business, okay? Right, and he's going to be like, hey, I told you I should have read the credits. Right. I, I don't need to get his own traveling guide. You done gave us two two diamond tips already. Right. Hey, but while you playing, you mentioned who would be staples for the next generation, even though the youngest millennial is 26. Um, Guy Fieri would be one of those people, probably. Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives has been on for a minute. I love that show. You know what I'm saying? That, that is one, one of those one staples. One of my nephews love, loves that show. I don't see how you could not love Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives. It's un-American, I think, to, to not like I, that show. I think, I think it, it, just niggas sit down and watch. I think what y'all said earlier, like, niggas don't watch TV the way they used to. No. Content's way different. But I do make a point of, like, you streaming everything, but I do still stream that show. Yeah. <laughs> Triple D? Yeah, especially if I'm high a little bit. Cause, you know, he's like, man, that, that hamburger looked good as fuck. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know. I watch TV still, like, because it gives me a, a nostalgic feeling. Like, I used to miss, like, watching a show. You know what I'm saying? Like, not like a 10-episode show, but like like L.A. Law and shit like that. Like, I used to miss shows like that. So I watch a show like, what is it, Chicago PD or um, what's the show with the boy who's autistic? Uh, the Good Doctor or whatever the fuck it is. Like I, I like CBS shows. Oh, like show shows. Right now. I didn't even know it was an autistic person on TV. Like, 
Yeah, the good doctor. I never watched yeah. it. Though. It's a great show. You know what I'm saying? But TV, it, it just gives me a feeling to watch a TV show as opposed to something that's so overproduced. It's over the top. It's got aliens and fucking mystic powers and shit. There's something to be said about a cop show, a fire department show, and a hospital show. Period. Like, now, something about that. While I was shivering on that uh, airport carpet, for whatever reason, it made me think of... Uh, huh? On the car- you, on <laughs> you was on the Berber? They got them rocking chairs over there. in the airport. They got them rocking chairs in Charlotte. Why ain't they, you no, I tried to go to... We're talking about sleeping. Nigga, I started in the rocking chair. <laughs> then I moved on to the fucking plug-in chair at the fucking American... <laughs> And I, I tried to go, like, strictly, like, eighth grade, go to sleep in class style. And I was like, no, nah, this shit is... going to work. Bitch, I'm about to lay, I'm about to lay down, bitch. Nobody <laughs> weary. You went to Panama City, and you would, like, swear off car sleep. But then just the way the fucking Panama City guys frowned upon us, we had to do car sleep. <laughs> <laughs> it was like sleeping in a Walmart parking lot. It was a rest stop, because we tried to make it back. Right. <laughs> and they got you. Uh, and then niggas leave the car running anyway. So, uh, oh no, so New York undercover. And like how excited niggas were for that the coolest shit, nigga. Like hip hop cops, basically. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Like niggas with Tim's and shit. Like, I don't know. That just was, that just was a show. Like, that was like the show to watch. Uh, I just had this conversation with my aunt, though, yesterday. She was asking me about my TV watching, and I don't watch a lot of TV. Because I was saying, like, when we grew up, Cosby Show, Different World, Matlock, whatever the fuck. You watch that shit, and each episode was, like, contained within itself. Every now and again, you'll get a to-be-continued episode, which, for some reason, I always felt super special to me. When it was like, I, <laughs> right, right. Like, oh, shit. They were like, special. Right. Like a but, it was a special episode. This is a saga. You got, like, this whole plot line tied together you know what I'm saying in the season and if you you can't miss this Thursday and just jump back on next Thursday you know what I'm saying like all that shit like lines up together so it's like when did this motherfucker move over here when they got married who killed him who baby is this like you done missed out on all the shit so especially like when I was traveling a lot for work it's just too much to keep up with now you try to DVR the shit but then you got 36 hours at the house before you got to go back out like that shit just wasn't practical so now I'll be trying to, like, bench shows and shit. Right. So that's what happened with How to Get Away with Murder with me at first. That was the first one that a motherfucker, like, thought we watching the shit together. And then a the motherfucker just take off and keep it, and watch it without you. And then you kind of catch up. They say, you know, you two seasons behind. Like, fuck. That's how, as much as me and fucking Chef talked about This Is Us and how great that fucking show is. I missed two episodes. And, nigga, you I think I'm seasons behind now. We like, drew. We what? drew. You, your show relationship is over after that. I can't watch shows. I mean, I don't even know what's going on anymore. Like, I don't either. Don't, don't even start saying nothing. Don't say it because I'm I, probably... I couldn't tell you nothing. Nothing. I don't know nothing. Uh, like, but guess what I'm up on? Pussy Valley. I'm done with Pussy Valley. But hey, man, y'all, Fargo was great. I started Fargo recently. Fargo was on oh, I, I, I've been watching Fargo every week. I love Fargo. So, I heard you can, you can just start this season. Yeah. Go ahead, Chef. Use your big words, baby. Go ahead. It's an anthology. <laughs> Whatever the fuck like that babe. means. I'll come to define that. What? Definition, please. Oh, it's a, an anthology is a contained story 
or a poem. Um, but in the in 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 relation to TV shows, it's basically like one season is a different story. So it's like American Horror Story. Each season is a different like theme to it. So this year was focused on the Kansas City mob, like a, a, a mob, the Kansas City mob war between I guess some black a black family and an Italian family. A boy, thespian boy, that boy, that boy is informed. I, is that one of them true stories too? I know the the first it's season is based on a true story. Uh, each episode, each season, is supposed to be based on a true story. That's why I'm kind of like, I'm like, I never heard of a story of a black mafia family that went well. So I'm kind of sad that I don't think it's going like end positively. I also found the daughter of the portrait uh, folks um, on Instagram, so I could share that later. No, it wasn't a spoiler. I was just saying, like, one of the characters um, is actually a grown woman, but she plays a kid. And oh, she, she's not straight. And Billy Bob Thornton has moved into my top ten of favorite actors ever. Oh, you you started at the beginning. You're watching every season. Yeah, once I saw that Billy Bob Thornton was in the first season, I was season. I was like, oh, but bitch, I'm about to watch this for Billy Bob. That motherfucker. Billy Bob is a monster. He didn't start off that way. He was when he was fat. Yeah. <laughs> when he was a tombstone. Yeah, fat, fat Billy Bob wasn't. All that impressive, but he's gotten way better, man. He's 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 a skilled actor. I fuck with him. Have you seen Sling Blade? Uh, you did Sling Blade. Huh? You was great in Sling Blade. I just asked, have you seen Sling Blade? That's what I love. Give me some of them. I can give me some of them fried potatoes. There we go. <laughs> Hit him with that knife. And hook him on the hook bill. Hey, he deader than dead out back. You, you really do that really well. It's <laughs> creeping me the fuck out. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of other people that died, um, <laughs> that's not funny. King Von died, and I don't really. I know he's a rapper because that's what everybody said on Twitter and um, and Instagram. But rest in peace, that brother. Does can anyone speak to this young um, man who was unfortunately well, killed outside the hookah spot? He was a. He was an upcoming Chicago rapper. Uh, like he represents drill? Old Block, huh? It's like a drill rapper? Yeah. Drill rapper. Um, drill rapper. Okay. Slight drill rapper. Chicago drills kind of morphed into something else. It ain't as chief keefy as it once was. It's, um, a, it's a what rapper? A what? Drill. D-R-I-L-L. Really just all about killing and shit. Oh, uh, yeah. okay. I am worried with the white boys, so I don't understand all of this. Killing you and your family. Violent. Uh-huh. Hmm? See, I, like what? What did what? What does drill come from? Is it because of the, how it sounds? Like the yeah, the, it's, it's oh. kind of like it's kind of like the beat, the beat, and the uh-huh. way that they rap on top of the beat. So, Pop Smoke would be considered a New York drill rapper. Um, it's moved over to Europe, so you have a lot of like London. It sounds uh, very grungy drill rap. Huh? Pop Smoke sounded like a lot of uh, what is it? Uh, UK grunge type of sound. Right, which is still. But they still refer to it as drill. Okay, got like, it. Like, can I find out on Spotify? Can I be like, is there a drill category? Probably. You might be able to look up drill. It's kind of how the the cadence. It's very chopped up kind of yeah. sound. Yeah. Anyway. It don't sound bad, and I it just—I mean. It'd be about that. Uh, it's the subject matter, too. Subject it's matter, like too, right. The killing right. and all that. Anyway, so he was in Atlanta and got into a shootout with some niggas, and then the police came and 
they got into the shootout. So uh, they're trying to steal the side. I don't know if it was the police bullets or the ops bullets or whoever killed him or whatever, man. So it's just real sad. He he had started really gaining a lot of traction, um, and he had just finished doing uh, interviews, probably like three different other um, – there no other podcasts or whatever you want to call those, those other shows that talk to people and shit. Um, so, yeah, man, it's sad. Um, but the crazy thing is, is that um, this nigga T.I., T.I. is getting a lot of backlash for some of the shit that he said, like, after the nigga died. I don't know, um, T.I. put his fucking foot in his mouth lately. So this nigga said, if it's still up... He put, Atlanta is a beautiful, progressive city filled with black excellence. We uplift each other and win together. Stop coming here to kill each other. That shit is played out. Management. So niggas was like... Oh, ass niggas. But he came. He was the biggest trap rapper ever in life. Like, then nigga invented the trap as far as he's concerned. And now... Never mind. This nigga started a scene with with um goddamn Floyd because he was trying to bone his wife. Like this nigga, and this is why Ti cannot be the king of the South, right? I don't care. Ti for all of his good rapping, outside of the good rapping that he does on them first two or three albums, don't nothing really smart come out that nigga mouth. That nigga ain't smart. <laughs> and that's why, like, from a king standpoint, if you can be speaking for an entire region of hip hop. You have to do and say smarter shit. That's why I'm like, let Scarface be the fucking king of the South. I like the shit that Scarface fucking says. He says some smart shit. T.I. does not. Anytime it's time to speak on some political shit or some let's get on one page shit, T.I. says something stupid. Speaking of that, so... Oh, happy birthday, Scarface, I think. No, I'm just saying, so niggas are in the fucking comments talking about... um, like, nigga, what Atlanta you live in? Like, Atlanta niggas kill niggas all the time. Atlanta's been violent. Up different times, but T.I.'s went to other nigga cities and started shit. Kind of like what you're saying with fucking Floyd. And as a motherfucker who has progressed in this game and is OG like condemnation that you're supposed to be passing down. You know what I'm saying? I don't even really fuck with Gilly the Kid like that, but at least he came out and was on some, like, y'all, we have to start teaching these young niggas that it's cool to live. Like, you know what I'm saying? God blessed you with whatever talent that he had. Like, out of all the niggas he could have blessed, like, it's cool to, like, let shit slide and live and shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, some type of sound advice. But T.I. is too busy. I feel like he's trying to be. You know what I'm saying? It's the difference between you just you just exerting that type of energy in in what you do as opposed to like I feel like I gotta do this because I say I I'm the king, man. Right. And we can get into the sushi situation and, here. And TI kinda sparked all of that anyway, because before TI, even though niggas is from the hood, like the hood wasn't the whole backdrop of Outcast mood music. It wasn't the whole backdrop of Goody Mobs music. Like niggas knew they was from the hood and shit. But that was a part of what they did. You, you know what I'm saying? It wasn't like I'm in the trap selling drugs. Like that wasn't what their music was about. T.I. started that yeah. shit off. And then came T.I., Jeezy, Gucci Mane. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So on and so forth. Uh-huh. He's the one that sparked off that whole fucking movement. Pimp right. tried to tell y'all though. He said Atlanta ain't the South. <laughs> and he was saying 
T.I. wet in the motherfucking king, but niggas laughed at that nigga. This is where we at now. But it, that, that's a real statement, though. I mean, like, if you're thinking about who brought the most to the city of Atlanta, if the focus is the music, you would say Outkast, you would say Dudgeon Family, basically, because the focus was, like, just the music. So, I don't was... want to talk about the sushi shit for real. That shit was embarrassing. Like, like T.I.'s looking stupid out here. What was I'm the sushi shit? I don't know what the sushi shit is. A video came out of um, a couple that went to some sushi restaurant in Atlanta. Uh, you see them arguing with the maitre d. He's asking them to leave because he has on Air Force Ones. He has on tennis shoes, but there's a white lady at the bar with Pumas on. And he's asking, like, well, why do I have to leave? She has on tennis shoes. They just say, well, can you come outside? Like, basically trying to usher the nigga out and then they're not giving them a good reason and the white lady just sit at the bar just kind of smiling and sipping on her fucking cosmo whatever the fuck she's drinking so they're outside and then another white man comes out and he's like man what's the problem man why don't you kind of leave he's like no nah, man there's a white lady in there with shoes tennis shoes on i got on tennis shoes i don't know what i can't remember what he says but then basically he's like well i'm the owner so you know what i'm saying you can't come in so he's like hold on you don't own so they get back and forth you going back and forth and his wife said something like, oh, so he's just another nigga. And, like, the white dude asked, like, what you call me? What you call me? So now he kind of puffed his chest up. So he's like, oh, you puffing your chest up against my wife. So the black dude puffs his chest up. So it looked like they about to start fighting. So all this shit goes viral. I guess niggas hit T.I. up via Instagram, like, you got to see this video. Why? You got to do something about this fucking sushi place. Why? So T.I. takes upon upon itself to go up to the sushi place. He talks to the owner. Of course, the owner apologizes. I'm sorry. I could have handled that better. Uh, you know, I'm going to stay in touch with T.I. And he's going to kind of school me on what I need to be doing as far as staffing and all this other shit that T.I. don't know shit about. Um, <laughs> and so T.I. walked out like, yeah, you know, got it handled, man. You know, I fuck with him. But the motherfuckers who were involved were like, yeah, this nigga T.I. didn't even hit us up, like, before he even took his ass out there. Which I understand, because T.I. accepted that fucking apology, like, nigga, he was the one getting shitted on. Like, <laughs> you gotta talk to the people who were actually harmed in this shit before you start accepting shit. So, right. I mean, then he kind of gets mad at the dude, because the dude eventually goes up to C.T.I., whatever, they, they hash it out. But before he did that, he had made a video saying that, Basically, T.I. didn't talk to us about the shit. Like, you know, they didn't get what they wanted out of it. So, like, the dude saying, how, like, how you going to accept, accept an apology on my behalf? So, T.I. just really doing way too much, especially before this T.I. versus Jeezy battle, which he's going to lose. So, <laughs> right. We you agree on a versus, man. nigga. Look at that. Hey, boy, that nigga's going to be putting fish emojis. Oh, they already got a sushi emoji. They're going to be putting sushi emojis up there. Fucking King Von helmet. I mean, uh, fucking crowns. Like it's been said over, like I think we, I think was said in the last podcast. I could be wrong that we need to stop listening to like having rappers represent us, like having artists represent us to the people. Because it's oh, we've not, been saying that since episode three. Matter of fact, Five yeah. Stacks says that probably about every, every, episode, every, episode. every episode. Right. right. Why we even <laughs> listen. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I think T.I. Yeah, probably needs to chill. He ain't got that in him, though. I was listening to a podcast. There's no other podcast. But if there was, I was listening to a podcast on NPR. And he they were talking to him on NPR. I was like, why? 
Because people value people value the opinions of people who have money or people who have power. You know what I'm saying? And it doesn't matter if it's intelligent or not. It's like I have access. I want to hear from people who I can say that I have access to more than people who have an intelligent opinion. People don't look for the best opinion. I want the opinion of the person who will give me the most exclusive access. That's why you have rappers that say I sat down with Donald Trump. Donald Trump's not going to give you the best opinion, but he's the person that probably. I, as a people, we have the less access to. And I'm just showing you that I have access to Donald Trump. That's it. That's it. You know, and when that broadcast, people say, oh, that's smart. Oh, T.I. said it. Must be legit. You know what I'm saying? It really is a dumbass fucking idea. Because at the end of the day, celebrities have... Ce- celebrities are lottery winners. You would not have... if The next motherfucker who won the Powerball, are you going to go and read their book on how to be successful in life? No, you're not. It doesn't make any fucking sense. They won the fucking lottery. Rappers, no, do that shit, rappers and athletes, athletes are the same fucking shit. They won the rap fucking lottery. Rap athletes, yeah, they're it's, a group. it's the same. It's the same shit. And I don't understand why people value those opinions as much. Value them. people look up to these people. Like we're in this fucking social media fucking world where motherfuckers got all these followers and all these likes, and so many people want to be popular. That's it. Niggas just want people to like them. That's why people have to learn to separate. That's why niggas are carrying money phones. It's like people just deep down want to be like. It's just an insecurity thing at the end of the day, man. And it's just crazy. People have to learn to separate expertise from people they look up to. I look up to Dan Marino, but I'm not about to say what damn what would Dan Marino do? A six foot four Italian man for me as a fucking five foot. Nine. <laughs> <laughs> that nigga walked into his own chair. <laughs> right, nigga. What's the starburst? <laughs> Shit blew up before he could put it down. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's just it, it just doesn't make any sense, man. I mean, but it is what it is. Listen to Ti if you want to. I don't think it's gonna work out real well. Yeah, yeah, we we need to get to listening to the uh, experts and their fields. I mean, we do that shit across the board. Like you say, just it's popularity contest, nigga. Um, win the lottery or you know, nigga, string together a couple of good games like Jeremy Lin or something. All of a sudden, these motherfuckers become the authority on everything, and it's it's more for a sense of belonging because people feel like people feel like. That shit lends credibility to whatever they got going on because I'm on the same side of the shit as T.I. But like you said, T.I., for the most part, he ain't going to really deal with these problems. And if he happens to run into an issue because somebody doesn't know who he is or whatever, once they figure it out, that shit is going to be straightened out. And, you know, to J. Joe's point, I saw the video clip of the couple. I think the husband or boyfriend, the male figure was talking and he was spot on like okay ti all that shit is cool if you're gonna champion this cause for us you need to figure out what happened straight from us and what we're trying to achieve straight from us not like take this shit as your soapbox moment and you're gonna get some straightening in this handle because you think so like that shit actually happened to me one time i can't think of what it was but somebody oh i'll take care of it it's handled and it's like well that wasn't even what the fucking problem was so um I ain't gonna say it was for his own selfish reasons. He's already fucking popular, but I don't know. People, everybody just seems to feel more inspired to get into the whole political thing and all of that. Like, 
uh, I don't know. Maybe he just felt like he was doing his part. He gonna try to run. I, I, no, I think his heart was in the right place. It's just his mind went. You know what I'm saying? Niggas was just doing too fucking much, and that's. Yeah. But your heart being in one place and your mind being in the other is how many niggas gotten killed out this bitch. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. your heart will get your fucking body fucked up. And you also got to pick your fucking battles. Like, that's not a battle. Like, that's not that's not a Birmingham church being bombed. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's a dress code. And the owner doesn't want the motherfucker in there. And he may be showing favoritism to other people, which is white people, over the other person. And, yeah, that's prejudice. And, yeah, that's racism. But... Is that the hill we want to die Like that right there? I mean, but you, or you could just simply be like, no one goes to that restaurant anymore. But the, I mean, but the right, the video did the work. You know yeah, yeah, the video did everything it, it, you needed, that, really. The, right. The video went viral. But you know that's the type of shit we do on Yelp, right? Like, you could have just did a bad Yelp review. Like, but that's what it's already doing. So everybody had already hit the, the Yelp reviews, the Facebooks, the Instagrams. They... They plastered this nigga's name, everything. It was because T.I. wanted to go ahead and be like, oh, it's all good. Like, no, you're going against the movement. Like, because basically, if niggas don't, their dress code was like the, the uh, like your standard, we don't want black people in here. Like, tennis shoes, baggy yeah. jeans. We hate niggas. T-shirt. You know what I'm saying? Like, all the shit that niggas wear. Yeah. Every <laughs> man in jersey. No like, hoodies, no rest of t-shirts. Black people dress code, which is fine. So black people, we just won't fucking go there at the end of the day. Like, you don't want to, why the fuck are we begging a nigga to let us in a place he don't want us in? So, bitch, fine, we'll, fine. we'll go to... Because that shit is exclusive, man. That shit is way more sweeter, and I can take pictures to put on Instagram versus the pictures I can take in fucking Jenkins lobby. You know what I'm saying? Uh, like we wanna fucking just be at whatever we feel like the hot shit is and we want access to these places because the TIs of the world go to that shit. Like that shit could be nasty or any fucking thing. You know what I'm saying? But we want to go to that shit because TI talked about this shit on his Instagram. You know what we don't have these problems, black folks? Red lobster. If y'all would join me coming back to Red Lobster you won't have these fucking problems. Everybody can eat the cheddar, the cheddar bay biscuits at Red Lobster. Oh, yeah, they, treat, done, they treat us good in there too. We done outgrew Red Lobster. Though. I ain't. Red I, I, I ain't. You gotta get your crab legs in a bag with sauce now, man. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Right. Five stacks. Let me know, pound for pound, if you're looking for a Long Island in the 48, the lower 48 states in the union, Red Lobster is probably gonna make the best, uh, the best Long Island iced tea out of any restaurant. The best <laughs> Top shelf, yeah, top shelf, no mix. The biscuits, no the mix. Top shelf, Long Islands, the fried shrimp, the scampi. I mean, they also have the best shit shit roll sticks. Five stacks is really so. Who, hey, who was the nigga on Lovecraft Country? Who was the uncle that drove uncle the car? George. Uncle George. Five stacks is Uncle George. Like that nigga just travels the countryside and knows all the tricks and the ins and outs. I gotta go watch that shit. <laughs> Figure out who George is. <clears throat> but yeah, I. I I like what I like, and I stick to that shit. I don't really deviate too far from my offense. I take a shot down the field every now and again, but after that, we back to three yards on the shot of that. <laughs> I, I stick to what I know, and that's another topic. I think I was pretty much going to get on this on my with all due respect, but motherfuckers be, like I was talking to my manager about this uh, recently, and he calls it flying your slot. Like, I have a role on the team, and some of my peers have other roles, and they don't fly their slot though. Like 
well, basically how we say staying in your lane. But yeah. stick, stick to what the fuck, fuck you know. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, you know, Red Lobster was cool and shit before the stimulus checks and all that came out. Now we got to bump it up a notch. Ocean's Prime, little Eddie V's, you know what I'm saying? Little Calfred Chop House of you in the Ville. <laughs> but, I don't even liking that stuff. It goes back to the access conversation. Like, if I, the salmon here tastes just like the salmon of Red Lobster. Like, it's just salmon. It's just salmon. And all you gonna do is throw some asparagus on the shit. Asparagus tastes like the same asparagus everywhere. Okay? Like a little red lobster. Like I don't know. The the headquarters here in Orlando. They they thriving. They doing just fine. For a casual for a casual fish shrimp. That's a dime, y'all. So don't think that this is just an ad nigga for red lobster. Like biscuit coming. After this episode, red lobster fell off though. Like from the standpoint, red lobster used to be kind of considered fine dining in the late eighties, early nineties, and now people just they just heap that shit on the trash pile with no major scandal. Like, oh yeah, my nigga, you graduated high school, bitch. We going to red lobster. Yeah, any major event, we going to red lobster. Man, I didn't even go to red lobster until college. Like, girls are like. This nigga took me to Red Lobster. I thought that shit was like Captain D's. I was like, bitch, why are you bracket? Like, <laughs> uh, I mean, that means she she was loved. So yeah. then I found out. I was like, oh, that okay. This oh, they they got they got this is fine dining that, that these niggas will take you out on. Yep. I'm not gonna do that. We in my in my family we still go to like Red Lobster. Like I took my pops well, I, to Del Frisco's. This nigga asked if they got to pick three. I said, yeah, we got to go back to Red Lobster. <laughs> When I got with my wife, she was working at Red Lobster, so I got free Red Lobster all the time. I was like, "I, I ain't gonna leave you. Don't, don't." I was about to say, I'm "That's how she got you right now." Absolutely. I used to mess with a chick that worked at Red Lobster. Yeah, hey, boy. Yeah, sure every back, night. That's when they had all you could eat crab legs. That that almost drove them out of business. Crab, <laughs> yeah. Cause she came in inside track. That like, oh yeah, that was the last all you could eat crab legs. Because when that shit was all the popping, all yeah. nigga. Niggas gonna, to niggas gonna try your policy. Oh, all you can eat? Bet. Oh, oh, shrimp fest? Alright, don't worry about yeah. it. Yeah, shrimp, shrimp fest. Right. You just reminded me of something. So, the year must have been 2006, Atlanta Classic. The year of our Lord. The resident <laughs> uh, single guy scooting the nigga up from the airport in the Jag. Ooh. And we went yeah. to the Red Lobster. Um, I know exactly where the Red Lobster at. It's like, no, 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 no. We didn't go to that one. We went to, what's the other one? Like, it's by the mall. Uh, we want to say Perimeter Mall, maybe? Oh, there is a Red Lobster by Perimeter. You're right. Okay, yeah. So, that one. And it was me, him, Lil D, DT. It was like five or six of us. And when I tell you, we had to eat fucking 100 pounds of shrimp. It was endless shrimp. <laughs> like, we said that bitch like three Everybody or four hours drinking and talking shit. Yeah, seriously, like so many shrimp. We got iodine poisoning. Like that. We had a, a fucking hoot of a time in that bitch. And then like, you be switch, switching it up like, all right, on this round, give me, give me scampi and fries. But that's that's like the goat red lobster because fast forward a couple years later, I was in Atlanta for work and went there uh, with my homegirls from high school and we was like sitting at the table talking and stuff and we said something about Tallahassee and the waitress happened to be walking by. She was like, you guys from Tallahassee? We was like, oh, we went to school down there. And um, she was like, oh, I'm from there, da, da, da. Nigga, she sent us all home with about five pounds of shrimp. Oh, shit. Like just Put in whatever orders of everything y'all want, and I'm bringing out some boxes, and y'all just hold the boxes down to the side and run that shit. And uh, 
nigga, left that bitch loaded with so many fucking shrimp. Yeah, Matter of fact, when is endless shrimp coming back? We right. didn't even know that. <laughs> I don't know if they do that. They do it anymore? What? No, they do. They still do the sh- all you can eat shrimp. Live but podcast at Red Lobster, all you can eat shrimp? <laughs> no, seriously. Like, all you can eat shrimp is that deal. Oh, it just it just ended on September. Oh, wait, no, it's in, it was yeah, in March. I'm going to try to keep an eye out for that. It's in you March. That's five months away. Home. We can make that work. Shit, shit, shit moving to Atlanta. Do the podcast down there, uh, Red Lobster. <laughs> Live remote from Atlanta Shrimp. <laughs> that would be on brand. That would be so on brand for this podcast. Oh, we're, de- we're definitely the Red Lobster podcast. <laughs> right. That sounds like a great time to me. I don't know. They said Red Lobster, just seafood, Applebee's. I'm, I'm fine with that. Just, just fine with that. Right now, now sure Applebee's to Chili's came on the scene. I don't have a problem with Applebee's. Oh, Applebee's Thunder. Huh? I don't have a problem with Applebee's. Like, people have a problem with Applebee's. I can go to most restaurants and find something that I will eat. As long as I can have a beer with it, I'll find some wings or some bites or hey, some. Uh, chicken, some... Hey, boy. It's hard to fuck up a chicken quesadilla, man. Like, it's hard to fuck up a quesadilla. And it's hard to not fuck with a restaurant that has two for ones all day. Yeah, like you say, the rest of the shit you can you can fit in. Yeah, Chili's and uh, what's called they pretty much have two for one all day every day. Chili's and Applebee's. That Chili sampler is hitting like really. If you don't fuck with Applebee's, that tells me more about you than it does about Applebee's. It it that's a you thing. I eat. I go to Chili's in a heartbeat. I almost went to Chili's tonight. If y'all niggas wouldn't call me, I probably would. I have no problem with Chili's. I hit when there's an airport that got a Chili's in. I'm about to hit it. Oh yeah, that chili's to go. Yeah. yeah. Boy, all these sponsorships we're not getting, boy. <laughs> <laughs> I heard y'all podcast. I know you ain't taking no goddamn chilies. I know that much. Hey, what you doing? We gotta go with appreciate that. Chili's better than hungry. Hey boy, put that on a chi- put that on a t shirt. He's is better than hungry. But you don't have to take my word for it. You've rocked with us this far on the podcast. Obviously, you like something. Go ahead. Visit Apple iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. Show your love. Show your support. We love providing quality content for you guys. We do it absolutely free of charge. We do it out the kindness of our heart. But the way that you increase our footprint, increase the popularity of this podcast, is to support. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And as always, if your shit is hot enough, it just might be on the show. Now, for the with all due respects. <clears throat> with all due respect, I remember back in um, 2008, Barack Obama was uh, elected the president. I was uh, in San Diego at the time for work. And I remember calling back home to my grandparents' house because while it was a big deal for us all, I figured it was probably a much bigger deal to them having lived through civil rights movement and those things and you know not really being too far removed from a lot of the adversities that our generation only read about in history books and i remember my grandma uh you know kind of reminded me told me forewarned me don't get into anything with anybody the votes are in the results are official and there's nothing anybody could do about it and so, you know, the next morning I went to work and maybe it was just because I was in California and Southern California and it, it wasn't a big deal. It was, I didn't sense no tension or anything like we rode to work the next day bumping uh, my president is black. 
And so now, fast forward to now, I felt more tension and stress and pressure with Donald Trump losing because what is his base going to do? What is he going to do? Are people going to be acting crazy? And so I recall those words that she shared with me that seem more important in this current moment. So I said all that to say it's very unfortunate because while Donald Trump uh, was not uh, voted back in, the people have spoken there still could potentially be some backlash because, you know, the taglines, Trump 2020, no more bullshit, Trump 2020, fuck your feelings, uh, law and order, all that dumb shit that, you know, he's been spewing and his base resonates with, you know, there still could be some one-off incidents. I haven't really heard of any major things going on across the country, but, I mean, I live in a, um, air quotes, mixed area now, but having grown up in this town that wasn't always the case and I always like I tell my son all them people haven't died off yet so you kind of just need to be on your P's and Q's when you're moving around out here and um, we'll just see how it goes like I intentionally today kind of rode around to some of the businesses which that's the real scary part but that's the topic for another day and people's houses that was like highly decorated and Trump stuff to see if they still got the shit out there most of them still do so Maybe they expected some shit to happen in these court battles. Maybe not. But everybody, you know, just kind of <clears throat> pay attention. Stay vigilant still. We're not out of the woods just quite yet. So just pay attention with all due respect. With all due respect, um, I'm at a point in my, my COVID-19 situation in life where um, I miss people. You know what I'm saying? Like I haven't seen my my lion brothers in over a year i haven't seen my podcast mates in over a year i haven't seen certain family in over a year and i'm an introvert so typically this shit does not bother me i do not need to see you people honestly i really do not even need to talk to you people so i know for someone like me to feel this way i know it's got to be weighing on other people as well that the people that we love and the people that we care for we can't reach out, touch them, hug them, dap them up, you know what I'm saying, go see their families and be a part of their life. That starts to affect us, you know what I'm saying? And I know we went through the summertime, and some people said, fuck that, you know what I'm saying? I don't care what Georgia says, Atlanta doesn't Atlanta doesn't acknowledge COVID-19 as a, a staff or record label or as a crew. But, you know what I'm saying, me, like I've pretty much been pretty strict to the whole COVID-19 thing. But I saw throughout the summer people started to do whatever, and I did not. The election kind of changed the news cycle or whatever. Like, the election, we forgot all about COVID-19 for about a week. It was all about Joe Biden and votes and Trump and all of this type of stuff. And people were dancing in the streets and, like, having a great old time like it was a parade. And I was like, COVID-19 still exists. And I say all that to say, COVID-19 still exists. It is still a thing. Um, people are still getting sick. People are still getting sick at record levels. Um, people are dying. Um, even though there was good news from Pfizer that there was a drug that was 90% effective, we are not going to get that anytime soon. The first people that are going to get that are probably not anybody who's listening to my voice right now. Not going to happen. 
It's going to go to people who need it, people who are first responders, people who got money, people who got clout and all of that. And then there will be other waves that they produce more um, that they produce more drugs. Pfizer is not even a part of Operation Warp Speed, which is the distribution method which the U.S. military is going to give those drugs out to us. So there's that. So take care of yourselves. We're about to go into a flu season. The flu season has not already started. Um, we're about to go into a fall season. Um, we're going to be in more close quarters with each other. We're going to be doing Thanksgiving and stuff like that. So be vigilant. You know what I'm saying? Don't, you know, take care of yourself and take care of others because this thing's not over yet. With all due respect. With all due respect, uh, it's November, so that means I'm doing no shave November. I'm not homeless or on Oregon drugs. I'm just doing no shave November, which uh, is supposed to bring attention to men's health. Uh, so I implore all my brothers out there listening to go get a checkup this month. Uh, I know a lot of us have passed up going to see doctors uh, just because of COVID and um just kind of being scared to be around other people, especially if they're in the doctor's office. So if you can, you know, um, do a whole, if your job allows, do the teledoc thing. Um, and if not, you know, call a doctor or, you know, they have it now. It's pretty safe to go back in. Um, black men are definitely uh, prone to hypertension, high blood pressure. Um, a lot of that's hereditary, so get yourself a, a blood pressure machine uh, just in case if you're getting headaches a lot or your vision is blurry sometimes, man, it could be uh, high blood pressure. And a lot of times they can kind of uh, prescribe you that shit uh, without you going in. So, uh, again, it is November or No Shave November. No Nut November. Um... I don't participate in No Nut November. Uh, <laughs> and what is it? Destroy Yourself December? What is it? <laughs> right after No Nut November. So, uh, hopefully I'll be nutting in November, but uh, I won't be uh, shaving. So, y'all, uh, man's health is an important thing, man. Uh, get checked out, man. With all due respect. With all due respect, um, I will say after the on Saturday, when they announced that Joe Biden was the uh, president-elect, I was I felt relieved. Um, I felt like a, a weight was lifted off of my shoulders, and, um, and I'm a realist, but I I want to take that day to kind of say like just this this is gonna be a good day, um, and I'm not gonna worry about all the shit that's happened over the past uh, three three and you know almost four years so with that said i mean i think it's it's fair to be realistic it's fair to be um to understand the time understand that maybe like we didn't get the best candidate we, we wanted um like as a liberal or whatever but it's it's good for the time it's good for the moment um i think this is a time for our country to kind of like go maybe back to where we were but 
in terms of like a sense of normalcy, but I think it's also an opportunity for us to right the wrongs that happened over this past four years. I think people went off the rails a bit. Um, and I think it's important for people, all of us to become more decent. I know I had a, a neighbor, there's, there's one Trump family in my, in my neighborhood. Most, I mean, I live in a pretty mixed neighborhood, but there's one Trump family and they had the whole Trump, no more bullshit flag. And I noticed they got rid of that like on like the weekend before the elections. And I don't know if they had like some sort of come to Jesus moment or some sort of aha moment, but they flew that flag next to the American flag. And I get, I don't know what the reason was behind it, but they removed it. I thought that was a good thing. Um, I think there's an opportunity for people to kind of get their head out of the fog. Um, and there's an opportunity for us to be vigilant, but still be better people. I think better times are ahead because I'm just an optimist. But I think the first step is the way in which we interact with, with each other. And, I, and it starts with me. I mean, I, I, I'm saying a lot. And I don't know how I'll be feeling about white folks, but it don't have to be that way. Um, let's all try to be more decent and be more open and and start that process as soon as possible with all due respect.